Holman, I'm feeling a little jittery. I don't know how well uh, I'm going to perform on this particular episode. My guess is after those donuts that you inhaled, you <laughs> will uh, start out strong. How many did you have? Uh, Fade horribly mid-show and completely crashed by the end. Uh-huh. I had I had two. How many I did you have? I had two also. <laughs> then why do I feel so weird and you look uh, put together? Uh, because I had two small ones hmm. and you had two that had things shoved in them. Yeah. Yeah, mine were filled with uh, mystery, mystery uh, goo, mi- mystery gelatin. Oh. It, I don't think it was gelatin. It was that. It was the, the, the red stuff, the jelly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh huh. And I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm jittery right now. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, you know what I feel like? Dick, what's the deal with the deal? Are we dealing? We're dealing. David's a deal with Don, Dork, and Dick. Dork, it's a deal with Dave, Dick, and Dave. Don, it's a Dork with Dick, Dave, and Dick. Gotta go, Dave. Disconnecting. Gotta go, Dick. Disconnecting. Gotta go, Dan. Disconnecting. And that's what I'm feeling like right now. I feel like we need to plow through all the calls. Yeah. Because we have 85 calls. Why do we have so many calls on the Five Star Hotline? Uh, we have to make a call before we do Five Star Hotline today. Why is that? You'll see. Okay. I just know that I looked at the Five Star Hotline. Yeah. And it's 80 calls deep. We're, we're not going to be able to get to all those. Uh, well, we'll pick out the best 30. <laughs> no, we're not going to uh, subject our listeners to that. Uh, what if they're good? I, do you think they will be? I haven't listened to Why them Why did they call? Well, we'll find that out later, uh, of, amongst other things in this informative episode of the Truck right. Show Podcast. Yep, we've also got uh, truck news, which I want to talk about the return of the Ford Lightning. Mm, okay. No? No, I mean, okay. You don't think it's going to happen? No, I just think it's just... Hype? Hypey? It's why take something that's awesome and then... Oh, well, let's uh, save that. Save that. So Holman's obviously got some clear opinions on that. And uh, uh, where were you where uh, you got the tape with the ISV? I went out to uh, North Carolina where I sampled uh, the the Lord's Chicken along with... How did uh, it get that? I don't know. Chickens. Hold on a second. I, I don't know the reference, Lord's Chicken. I get it. It's you Raising were, Canes or whatever. No, it's not Raising... It's well, the other you, one. You, you were... Seriously, not in the it's show. It's not Raising Cane's. It's the other one. It's Chick-fil-A. But I don't Were know, you not in here? When but I we... don't recall how the... You just started calling it the Lord's Chicken. No, Mike Finnegan, the Lord's Chicken. It was part of the episode. I listened, but I don't understand the it doesn't reference. Ma- then, if, then it's lost on you. So we're just going to go forward with the Lord's Chicken. Because and... it's not open Sundays? That's why? You know how when uh, you worked at the radio station uh-huh. and people would be like, dude, like, what's the meaning of those lyrics? And then you would be like... Uh, dude, it's whatever you want it to be. That's one of these moments right now. The Lord's Chicken. Yeah. So uh, I also went to Bojangles, mm-hmm. as uh, as uh, Mike had Bojangles. recommended. Right. And um, hmm, not high on the really? list. Really? No bueno. I mean, the, the, the taste was good, service was horrible, and the biscuit was okay. It wasn't great. It definitely wasn't Chick Fil A. Not making me want to go there. No, I mean it's I I it was right. So I stayed in this hotel that was in the middle of everything. Amazing barbecue, Chick Fil A, Bohangles, like everything you'd want within like a stone's throw, all in this one area. And so I'm like, man, I got to try all that while I'm here. And then I got to report back. Uh, Bohangles, uh, sweet tea, eh, it's okay. Still not Chick Fil A. Hmm. Here's the fascinating thing that I found about chicken in the South. We just got Chick-fil-A out here like, what, 10 years ago? Right. And I'm thinking, well, on my way to the airport, I'm going to stop and get some uh, Chick-fil-A for lunch. Yeah, I mean the Lord's Chicken. The Lord's Chicken. And I pull off the highway. <laughs> and by the way, every off-ramp is the Lord's Chicken. Mm-hmm. And I pull off at the first one, and Chick-fil-A has 100 cars in line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
You guys have had this for like 50 years or 40 years or something like this. Aren't you tired of it? No, no. They're I mean, not. It happens. It's it's in and out. It's 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 Chick-fil-A it's and Raising Cane's. They're no, all it's not ra- No, it's not Raising Cane's. Uh, yeah, it is. The Raising Cane's is horrible. The only thing they have there is good Texas toast. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's that's 100 good. cars. Well, it's because it's 100 cars here because it's new here. Okay. My point being that I said, well, I'm not going to wait in line. I'll miss my airplane. So I went to the next exit. Chick-fil-A, 100 cars in line. Seriously. So I go hungry to the airport, drop off my rental car, go through security, and lo and behold, in front of me is the Lord's chicken. So I make a beeline over. I'm like, there's still a chance. There are 100 people in line. I'm like, what the heck, people? Aren't you tired of Chick-fil-A? Well, why were you, would you go? Yeah, it's not, that's not important. <laughs> Except for we're going to play audio from your trip oh, well, on then, this episode. Then that is important. Uh, I was invited by GM Defense to uh, test drive uh, the ISV, which is a vehicle that they are building. It's the infantry squad vehicle for the Army. And they built a new plant in North Carolina. They stood it up in 90 days. And it took them from the time they were awarded the contract to the first one being delivered only 120 days. So GM's coming into the defense uh, contractor space as basically a startup, treated like a startup, and a disruptor because they can use their what they call their deep bench of R&D and parts on the shelf and all that to do what they call COTS. So it's commercial off the shelf. So with this COTS strategy, they already know the durability of these parts, and they already know the specifications for the military. So they can basically match what the military wants with what they have on the shelf and build a vehicle out of it. So the ISV is the first of these ventures. It's built on the Colorado ZR2. In fact, it is basically 90% of a Colorado ZR2. From the frame rails down, it's identical to Ch- uh, Chad Hall's race truck. Um, all the components, everything that you can buy from the dealer at General Motors or at your Chevy Performance dealer. And it, it's a new, the new Army vehicle. So some cool stories there, talking to some people that were on the podcast before, ride along, and a little bit of a, a plant tour. So uh, that was pretty awesome. So we'll have to get into that. And then we're also going to get to uh, your, what I'm calling the, the silent tapes. It should be the lost audio. <laughs> Holman in a Bronco uh, from Moab. Now, you are one of the few that got an early ride along in a Bronco. Now, there are probably a few more people that have uh, gone on ride along since then because we've been sitting on this audio because I've... Uh, Quite frankly, I didn't want to have to Edit go in it. and doctor it, yes, well, because it's uh, it's just a lot of hiss and pops and noise. And well, our our, uh, our buddy from Germany, uh, Mr. Uh, Roderick Clark, he uh, informed us that he was able to uh, eliminate all that and make our audio listenable. Uh, so but what see, I want to know is he's how- He's starting with a decent product. He has no idea what no, I started wait. with. No, I understand. But it means that you only went 80% of the way there. Yeah, I was tired. <laughs> well, maybe this time you go 100%, people will listen to that. So as we get ready to start the show, we got a shout out to our friends at Nissan. 11,040 pounds of towing capacity. That's what the Nissan Titan XD offers. Or if, if that's too much truck for you, maybe look at the Nissan Titan or the Frontier. And of course, the Nissan Titan and Titan XD come with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty. So if anything goes wrong in the first five years of ownership, Nissan will handle that for you, of course. Well, stop, stop. Nothing's going to go wrong. Well, I know nothing's going to go wrong, but just in case, they got you covered. All right, good. And of course, the Nissan Titan comes with a slew of standard features like zero gravity seats, that that optional nine-inch screen, the most standard horsepower in its class from the 5.6-liter endurance V8, and of course, that super smooth Jetco nine-speed automatic transmission. You forgot about Titan boxes and Utilitrack, and you forgot that you can build and price a Nissan Titan, Titan XD, or the Frontier at NissanUSA.com. Or head on down to your local Nissan dealership and ask for lighting. 
<laughs> do I? Why am I just hanging out there? Yeah, I mean, you might as well, right? You're not doing anything on the weekends. Help sell some trucks for us. I, okay, sure. <laughs> hey, so I have a question for you. What if I have an old truck, like a maybe a, I don't know a '66 Chevy pickup truck, a a big window long bed, and it's got electrical issues? Who do I reach out to? Uh, the scrapyard. <laughs> or you can go to our friends over at DirtLastParts.com where they have uh, designed for OE or better fit form and function electrical equipment that includes quality sensors, switches, and ignition components. DirtLast vehicle electronics are also built by OE and Tier 1 manufacturers, over 750 part types and 100,000 SKUs. I did not know, honestly, that they made electronics. That's crazy. DirtLast is freaking everything. Parts are added every month as late model vehicles come to market, and they're usually the first to market with these parts to the point that sometimes they come right from the OE in a little Duralast box. And then uh, Lightning, you'll be happy to know that they're tested under extreme temperature, humidity, and vibration. They're built with thicker insulation and heat-resistant materials for Sounds longer like my life body. and durability. <laughs> and uh, precisely calibrated to match or exceed the OE standards for performance. In fact, if uh, you're one of those people that like uh, to replace your coils, you can get a multi-pack coil from uh, DuralastParts.com instead of buying them individually. Now, can I just waltz into my uh, local AutoZone and grab that stuff? If you need it right now, that's a good way to go. I think I'm going to finish the show before I go to AutoZone. Uh, if you're taking the truck, you might want to check and see if they make uh, bed floors because you're going to need to haul all those parts. Do, uh, do you know what's funny that you say that? Is that I was videotaping the other day and I hopped in the bed and my left foot went right to the ground. That sounds about I right. Right through and right to the ground. DuralastParts.com. All right, Lightning, it's that time where we uh, have to test your uh, audio knowledge of exhaust notes. Know your notes. Oh, no, I do awful at this. I enjoy it so much, All right, but I, I'm, I'm clearly not good. I've got a new Borla application I want to play for you that you haven't heard yet, and we've been doing a lot of these attack ones, right? So I thought maybe uh, Touring or S-Type. Do you have a preference? Uh, I would like uh, Touring on this one. Let's go a little more mellow. All right. <laughs> That is an application you have not heard before. Ah. Borla exhaust system. Do you have a guess? Do you want me to guess now or later in the show? No, I want you to guess right now. I'm going to say this is a 2009 Ram 1500. I am going to ask you why you pigeonhole yourself by throwing a date in front of the uh, vehicle. This is ridiculous. And okay. I, it sounds funny because I'm going to get it wrong anyway. Uh, give yourself a buzzer. All right. Let me do that. Uh, this would be the Jeep Gladiator V6 oh, okay. Borla Touring Climber System. That does not sound like a Gladiator, does it? I think it sounds pretty darn good. Yeah. So you can head over to uh, Borla.com. Well, right or- there, that, 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 oh, yeah. that does not sound... I've, I've never heard a Gladiator make that noise. Well, you probably haven't heard one with the uh, Borla exhaust on it. No, I, and there's a Gladiator in front of my office right now, and the guy, like, rips on it, and I haven't heard that. That gurgle right there, that's Borla. Yeah. That's Borla doing that, That's Borla that, right there. If you want to hear what Borla sounds like on your vehicle, head over to Borla.com. And, of course, Borla makes their exhaust out of T304 stainless, has a million-mile warranty, made in the USA, and guaranteed... No drone, unlike this show. The Truck Show. 
rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. I'm trying so hard not to crash off those Randy's Donuts. Dude, you are not looking good over there. I am. My blood sugar is on a roller coaster ride. So you guys have had like Krispy Kreme Donuts. You have whatever your local donut shop is. Normally I go to Simone's in Long Beach. But man, I, I was like, I'm going to Randy's because it's right around the corner from Motor Trend. You can talk. I'm, I'm, I'm Randy's talking is really iconic, fast now, right? by the way, in uh, L.A. If you've ever seen every movie ever that has the big donut on top of the, the building, that's Randy's. That's Randy's. Exactly. They have a little tiny Randy's right here yep. by Motor Trend. So I am feeling jittery. Before we get into whatever we're doing here, are we going to do uh, Daytona truck meet calls? Are we going to do truck news, ISV, or Holman into Bronco? I mean, I think uh, I think the meat of the show is probably going to be ISV. We should probably talk about that Okay, next. so before we do that, yeah. I'm going to show you something that I think is going to crack you up. Okay. I was going through uh, just a, like a little cardboard box you and cleaning out my office. Picture, uh, this says memories. Yeah. Right. Like, so it, this is a uh, uh, picture a, folder. A picture. Well, yeah. It's, it's like a, a book that you slide uh, printed pictures in. Yeah, three, like uh, four by six uh-huh. old photographs, right? Okay. And I'm going to hand it to you, and I want you to describe what you're looking at. Okay. I'm. Uh, it says memories on it. It is a uh, plastic, and it looks like um, it's something you would get from, like, the Hallmark store. Right. Uh, okay. There's a photo of uh, – these are postcards, maybe? There's a cathedral. There's a photo of a pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a photo of uh, Times Square. Okay. Uh, some cupcakes. There's a very creepy uh, Japanese guy that is holding a picture that says lightning. Uh, it looks like you have autographed it. That's mm-hmm. odd. Okay. Right. There's a dude standing by some bridge in New York also with that photo. Now, is that photo in a frame? It is in a frame, and the same dude is in every picture. Now he's in a bar sipping a martini with you. Uh, he's at a vigil filled with candles with you. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's taking this same 8 eight by 10 photograph, framed 8 by 10 photo. on top of the Empire State Building with you, in right. front of the Brooklyn Bridge in fr- with you, on uh-huh. a boat with you, Statue of Liberty. He's on a plane with you. He's sleeping next to your picture, and then his wife wait, wait, is wait. also. Yeah, yeah, she is. Wait, go back to the plane one. Uh-huh. Do you realize that I have my own seat? Right. Yeah. No, you are in first class next to this gentleman uh-huh. that has a Brooklyn hat and a Long Beach uh, clothing company uh, a jacket on. Uh-huh. Okay. So let me explain to you what's going on here. Uh, something weird from Radioland. This is uh, this is a guy that I know. His name is Kenji. Okay. And he he's an interesting practical joker. Okay. And he thought it would be funny to take me on vacation. Okay. And he literally took me on vacation. And he took me everywhere. Yeah, you got nothing uh, it's so out freaky. of it. It is so weird. Look at him. He's having dinner with me. Yeah, at a martini. Yeah. With you at a bar. You're sitting on the bar. And it's funny is you have your own martini. Your uh-huh. pic- the picture of you has its own martini. Is that the is that the creepiest thing you've ever seen? I mean it's close. It's super freaking weird. Like he took a photo, fo- I, I autographed a photo, why I don't know, I think it was a joke at some point, and he framed it, and there he is on the subway with me, and there he is in the uh, in a bar, and yeah, again, all this, the fact that I ha- he got me my own seat on a jet? That's weird. <laughs> so weird! Well, I think he took a picture of you in the seat, he probably asked the gentleman next to him to stand up and, here, could you take a picture with this camera? 
The fact I'm, that his wife. The weird thing is his wife is in bed with your photo. And I'm on the nightstand. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that's up there. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is that weirder <laughs> or less weird than the time that you were in a uh, elevator in Vegas and some guy said to you, true story, says, are you on the Truck Show podcast? Yeah. And, and your said, reply was what? I said, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I am. And he says- And what does he say back to you? He said, uh, Holman, I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. what's creepier, that or uh, the guy taking you on vacation? No, the guy taking me on vacation. <laughs> Way creepier. All right. Tell me about this trip you went back east. Where did you go again uh, to go drive Con- the ISV? Yeah, Concord, North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. Why? What, what's significant uh, about Concord? Hendrick Motorsports, which you'll know from uh, Days of Thunder. Mm-hmm. and NASCAR guys. N- huge NASCAR guys. Uh, it's right there next to uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, and they have a huge compound there. They were started back in 84, and they've stayed with Chevrolet the entire time. Um, because of their expertise in building chromoly and cages for the race cars, they're actually a subcontractor on the ISV, and they build the cage on top of the, uh, the frame rails. And so we did it at their uh, facility because it's right down the road from GM's new uh, plant that they literally just put up in the last uh, 90 days. And so we were there as a media to check it out. Now, you guys will laugh. Day one, it's pouring rain, and we're out behind Hendrix Motorsports, and they're you know, like waiting for the rain to pass. So now the field we're in and the forest that we're going to be driving these things through on like a, you know, a couple-mile loop, completely filled with mud, mud everywhere. Isn't that what you want? Well, no, but you got to realize I flew from California. I only have so many clothes. And so I get in, and I am splattered with mud on one side. Then I go to drive it. I'm splattered with mud on the other side. People don't know that Holman travels with only a backpack. I try, yeah. I only try to have the the most minimal amount of uh, amount of clothing available. And so uh, covered in mud. And the next day, and I only I, I'm in jeans 99 percent of the time, right? Next day, I show up at this plant opening. By the way, the night before, I had a new pair of jeans that was a little, little tight. So I had to wash my muddy jeans in the sink and then put them over the heater in the room to dry them in time for the morning. It worked, by the way, so, yeah. so good for that. I show up in my polo and my, in my uh, jeans, and it uh, turns out there are some congressmen there, some senators there. Four or five generals from the Army are there. There is local media. There's some national media. And everybody's in sport coats and button-up shirts and slacks and nice shoes, and here's the dude from Four Wheeler Magazine, uh, just in a polo and jeans. Yeah, you look like a slouch. <laughs> God. I mean, they, they know what they're getting when they uh, invite me to these things. You and mean, nobody told me it was that formal. I've, I've seen you wear a, a sports coat before. Yeah, I mean, I have I have them. I mean, they're ill-fitting, but you well, do I have mean, them. They fit when I bought them. <laughs> so anyway, 35 uh, pounds ago. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, uh, North Carolina, I've got uh, a little bit of audio. I've got audio from the test drive from uh, Marshall from Hendrick Motorsports, from our good friend uh, uh, Tim Herrick, who, if you remember, was on the show as the uh, chief engineer of all the body-on-frame stuff. Also, Mark Dickens, who's been on the show before. He's the chief engineer of of, uh, Chevy Performance. Uh, And then we do a quick plant walkthrough. So we've got quite a a few little clips to play. So uh, why don't you hit the first one there, Mr. Lightning? All right, everybody, I'm out in the the backwoods of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, at the, uh, the Hendrix compound. And I'm here with an uh, old friend of the show, an old friend of mine, Mark Dickens. So Mark, you may remember, uh, was the guy, the chief engineer in charge of GM Performance. And now Mark is doing some other stuff. Yeah, Sean, good to be with you again here. Welcome to North Carolina. There's something weird here, Holman. 
the audio is good. I'm able to hear what he says well, without heavy processing. That's because uh, somebody uh, actually set up the recorder correctly this way, and uh, <laughs> uh, I wasn't sabotaged like I was last time. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my uh, trajectory's changed a little bit. <laughs> uh, same kind of concept of taking and optimizing vehicles, but taking it from doing high-performance vehicles doing high-performance military vehicles now. So I'm involved with the advanced side of setting up GM Defense and the GM Defense portfolio. So GM Defense is a little bit novel in the industry, in the defense market, <clears throat> because you guys can leverage the size, the capability, and best practices, R&D, all that stuff from GM the mothership, and put them into vehicles that meet the military's requirements, but do it for less cost because you're not designing everything from scratch. You have the ability to use the sh uh, components that are off the shelf as well as getting them done quicker because of the, the acumen within the company. Not everything's being redesigned. And again, control costs from, from getting out of hand because you are using those off-the-shelf parts. So what is your role in it? And talk about the vehicle we're standing in front of because this is really the first fruits of that labor of the new GM Defense. Right. Um, so, so I was honored to have the chance to lead the, the team that went after this ISV program from the beginning, ISV being the infantry squad vehicle. It's a nine-passenger vehicle that's uh, moving troops in and out of the battlefield. And uh, it's 90% commercial off-the-shelf parts. So the, the reason this got started in the performance side of the house is, you know, a lot of these parts, componentries, you know very well. Sure. You, you rode in uh, the, this exact suspension and uh, the Best of the Desert race with Chad Hall. Yep. So, you know, that team, the performance team developed the suspension. How many uh, Hall references are we going to uh, be subjected to in this particular podcast? What's wrong with the Halls? I love the Halls. They're all over the place. I had nothing I to just... do with the Hall tie-in on this. I'm sorry. <sighs> this vehicle is very heavily based off of the ZR2 Colorado. It has components from Best in the Desert Racing. It has components from the Bison, the AEV edition. Yep, of course. So the, I, I like to say the waist down of this vehicle. So it had the frame and suspension, engine transmission, transfer case, locking differentials, the, uh, the jounce shocks, the shock absorbers, all of that stuff. You can walk into your Chevy dealership and buy all of that parts. It is the chassis from the ZR2, best in the desert, Chad Hall truck, exactly. It's amazing because if you didn't know what you're looking at, you, would, you wouldn't know that. But once you crawl under the... The, the chassis, look at the axles and look at the running gear, you go, oh, I, I know exactly what this is. The vehicle on top, though, is fully, not that the whole vehicle itself isn't fully militarized, but that's where the big difference comes in. You have a completely different body that's catered toward the military. Maybe talk about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So basically, we pulled that Colorado Zero Two body off and everything on the top half of this, I wouldn't say everything, the, the the front of dash and the floor is ZR2. Okay. So you got all your steering component locations, you know, brakes. The hard points, basically. Yep, and the seat locations, all that came straight over. But then the, the hood, the fenders, uh, the very innovative nine seat, you know, where you've got two in the front facing forward, three in the second row facing forward, two in the third row facing directly rearward, and those that can't see it, the fourth row are facing Sideways, yeah. Yes. You know, it's amazing how modular, because you, if you're not carrying people, the seats fold up, you can still carry cargo or gear and things like that back there. Yes, right. And, and hey, you might remember our good buddy, Brian Cadella, that was involved with all the of course. racing. Of course, yeah. Very heavily uh, involved with the he let me uh, He let me jump a uh, ZR2, the, the mule, <laughs> out of the pit as, on the Suaro tra trail at the uh, GM Proving Grounds. In fact, 
my uh, my favorite uh, ZR2 story with Brian is we were coming through the pit and somebody had put cones at the end of the pit so you couldn't launch out of it. And he goes, go through the cones. I don't know who put those there. I'm like, are you sure? He goes, go, just, those are my cones. So we launched like Dukes of Hazard style out of the pit over the cones and it was awesome. That's definitely Brian Cadella. <laughs> There's no doubt. He, uh, he got me in the very first shakedown of this vehicle and you've seen some video. There's a video out on... Uh, YouTube of us jumping about four feet in the air. <laughs> you and Royce, right? <laughs> yes, right. And that was, uh, we credit Brian for that one as well. Of course, none of this, according to traffic safety, ever happens. So. None of it. No, I'm glad there's no evidence uh, sitting out in the inter- <laughs> on the interwebs of that. Right. But I tell you, it's a testament to the hardware, right? I mean, when you land, it is like you're landing in a pillow. And it sounds crazy, but the jounce shocks and the tuning of these DSSV dampers, you know. Tell me the cops rolled up on you. No, it's funny is uh, the highway was like uh, probably a good mile away. And what, I mean, it's just like when I was in San Diego with Nissan and the military's flying over. So what, what can you do? You just between you're, you're cursed when it comes to audio. Everything's Always. in the background, or yeah. the background noise yeah, is too high. It's can't help it. You're my <laughs> podcast partner sabotages the recorder, then blames me for it. Never happened. You know, you think about the desert racing. When you're flying across the desert, you know what you're really protecting is that unforeseen rock or you know big heave in the road or washout or something that you don't know is coming because yeah. you're going so fast. Well, soldiers need that same thing. It's it's hitting the unforeseen. You don't want to leave them stranded in the desert or stranded wherever they're at because they hit a rock at, you know, or, or some obstacle in the road. So absorbing energy and, and how they dissipate that energy or we do with this with the jounce, jounce shocks and the uh, DSSV dampers is the key. And it applies directly to the military. And you can feel it while you're driving. Like, you'll come into something hot, there's a dropout. I mean, all the just everything absorbs it. I was really impressed that you're still able to, in four high, rotate the vehicle with the throttle, which I thought was really cool. Now, this is the 2.8 liter diesel that everybody's familiar with, the the baby Duramax that has been in the uh, Colorado. But you guys have done a few things to this. Maybe explain what that is, and then can we talk about combat mode? Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. It is this, the basic um, elements of this engine are straight out of the Colorado. Um, but we do remove any of the features that we didn't need for the, an open-air vehicle, so the air conditioning compressor, we redo the accessory drive, and any of the after-treatment that wasn't necessary. They run JP8, so we had to tune it for JP8, but we were able to uh, get the horsepower from the 186 that is in the Colorado without changing any internal components um, to 275 horsepower, 420 foot-pounds of torque. Which is awesome, by the way. Thank you, performance guy, for making that happen. <laughs> uh, we thank Russell Blinitz for that. Uh, <laughs> it, it, as those that know Russ, he runs our performance division um, and our high-performance race engines division. So he's been an integral teammate. And I think that just a seg- segment there, um, the way that we can reach back into GM and the, the big GM, and we can reach back into the production team to get the production parts. We can reach back into experts and in, different corrosion engineers sure. or, you know, racing engineers. And You have, like Steve, the new president said, a wide and deep bench. Yes, yeah. And it's crazy, what, 180,000 employees, you know? <laughs> Somebody has <laughs> the expertise you're looking for somewhere, right? We can find them. And then that's the challenge in and of itself. Um, and I tell you, even veterans, you know, we, we, after the first, you know, the first vehicle that we build, the bid sample, um, we built that vehicle in, I think it was 19 weeks, and then took it to Fort Bragg and had the soldiers in the 82nd Airborne Division shake it down and give us their feedback. And and I tell you, we missed a mark in a few areas, and, and really were specific militarized things that really mattered to the soldier, the things that are really important. Uh, so we went back, and that's the beauty of this company, is we went back and reached into our veterans. You know, we had a team of them, and we brought them out. 
and we walked around the vehicle and said, what would you do different? You know, hey, I need a place to put my rifle and the barrel down. And, you know, sure. we went through in that second generation. It was interesting in how we adjusted from what I would say the first review was kind of low low marks from that, from the soldier touch point, to being the highest marks. And I, this vehicle and how we adapted as a company to that feedback and made quick changes. The second generation of vehicles was 22 weeks away from, so when they told us 22 weeks later, we made all those changes, delivered this vehicle and won the program. Let's go back to uh, combat mode real quick because I don't want to glance over that. There's a button on the dash that literally says combat. Can we uh, talk about that real quick? Yeah, so, so we, you know, we do, it, implement all of the safety standards to save your engine you know if you're if you're driving and you're just say you're on a you know you're transporting the vehicle and you have a coolant failure or something so we have limp home and all that stuff but if you were in trouble and you're in battle and, and something goes wrong we want the ability to be able to just bypass all of that and get you home and get you get the soldiers out of there fast and safe so when you go to combat mode it overlooks any of those failures any that you know it'll burn her down if it has to to get <laughs> not fire wise but yeah i like the motor um but it also bumps the horsepower to 300 horsepower when it does that so. <laughs> is the torque the same yes so yes. 300 420 is our max output on this yes. Uh, I, one of the things I wanted to point out is you're using, you know, some of the off-the-shelf components. You've got BFG uh, all ter- uh, mud terrain KM3s. You've got Hutchinson wheels with the internal beadlocks. Obviously, these are. I got to pause it for one second, homie, because yep. it, it occurs to me that there are so many guys listening, going, "Man, I wish I could have combat mode." Yeah, there right. Are so many guys who would have loved to have burnout, burn it down mode. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just for like track day or yeah, something. Yeah, right. right. Like the the uh, the tractor pull. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. I only needed a quarter mile at a yeah. time. Give, give her hell mode. Obviously, these are bigger than what's on the ZR2 because you don't have to worry about wheel wells. But those are some of the choices that you were able to make. Obviously, a great approach and departure angle. So some of the things that make ZR2 good make are, are even great greater on the ISV because you don't have to worry about you know, bumpers and crash and airbags and all that kind of stuff. So it's it takes that platform and kind of makes it like, what would the most capable version of this platform be? And we're looking at it in the ISV. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and this is another thing that came from Chad Hall, right? I mean, we were able to spend, what, 17 races, you know, where without, where, that we finished 17 races consistently. And he just finished again yes, in, in both trucks. Yes. yes, yep. And so this is this is a tire size that he had ran. And so we had experience with it there. So, you know, the, the, the beauty of that is that it's a very grueling um, of development and validation um, playground. So... You know, we, we got the experience with it with him, and clearly is a you know a great combination for size and you know, traction. Sure. And sure. Now going back to being able to use off-the-shelf parts, one of the things that is interesting is people may take the idea of off-the-shelf and say, well, it's not rugged enough, it's not militarized enough. But when you think about it, you guys are designing an off-the-shelf part to last 100, 120, 150,000 miles, and these vehicles don't have that type of mileage or use cycle. So I would imagine that. In the parts bin, there's stuff that is incredibly over-engineered for those durability things that are going to be more than adequate for a military setting. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and we took a real strong look at that, is how close do we think? Because without that big database of, you know, terrains and, and validation schedules, we do a lot of computer simulation, a lot. You know, like we, we build very few prototypes anymore. We do most of it in, in CAE. But in this vehicle, we didn't have all those road profiles and all that background, so we had to really leverage some of the physical tests that we ran with Chad. I would say, as we gained the ability to collect the loads and do the analysis, we saw that the production parts that we were using was... By the way, I just want to add, it's pretty amazing that they're taking, you know, the race program 
And not only does it affect the consumer vehicle, but it directly affects this military program as well. When I was racing with Hummer back in the mid-2000s, they would learn things on the race course and actually redesign a bracket, and a couple weeks later it would be on the production line in uh, you know for the H2 and things like that. So it's some of these are the same people that were around then, uh, some of the same philosophies, but just super cool to see that our hobby, the things that we love to do, are going and directly impacting you know our boys in the military, for example. Um, and then the case is this vehicle, you know, it's really critical that it could not be a pound over 5,000 pounds because it had to be sling loaded uh, under a UH-60 sure. um, helicopter. So uh, that was something we had to really watch close. So, you know, chrome molly cage on this thing, that was that was a necessity. Um, a lot of CAE and analysis that went on into that. But then we went through anything that we didn't have to use that was heavy. We could cut some weight out, put holes in things. And really watch that mass close. It's also interesting talking about how it's sort of the new way of thinking. There's also a ton of 3D printed parts on here that just show, I think, shows your ability to pivot and, and upgrade designs, even if the the production piece isn't in production yet, or if you're experimenting. I don't think there's a you know in in a traditional OE manufacturing way, at least maybe prior to five years ago, you would never see 3D printed parts inside of a vehicle. Yeah, that's right, because the cost curve, you know, the cost the cost curve has came down a lot now. Um, we're, we're in a low volume application, so you can take production, productionize the, the 3D printed parts. And if you look at, you know, the, the bid sample, the, what we call the OTA, the, uh, the prototypes that were delivered, there was higher percentage that's how we got those vehicles done quick. Mm-hmm. So we had a higher percentage of 3D printed parts. And then as we went forward, the, you know, we had from the day we had program award to the delivery of the first four vehicles was 120 days. That was the contract. Wow. Yeah, so, so fundamentally, um, we had to stand things up fast. So the 3D printing of parts became one of the mechanisms to get there that quick. And we'll see some of that uh, in the next interview, which is actually tomorrow, because uh, we'll be taking a tour of the new facility that you guys have built to manufacture these vehicles in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to see it because it's it's amazing. It really has uh, the, some, the, some of the most advanced equipment that we've worked with. And so take a real close look at the torque monitoring and the data collection, the Bluetooth communications. And the cool thing there is when the military gets delivered a vehicle, off the serial number of the vehicle has all the data from all the torque stations, the vac and fill, every, you name it. Everything is, collect, is captured and collected from that as it goes through there. So it's really modernized. It's a beautiful facility, too. Sounded like someone was making balloon animals just behind you. Did you hear that? Uh, that was a vehicle driving by on the gravel. What was that? <laughs> Not balloon animals, as it turns out. All right. Well, uh, I'm super excited to go check it out tomorrow. But for now, I am ready to go uh, drive this thing. So uh, I will catch up with you later. And uh, thanks for having me up. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Sean. I thought for sure we were going to hear uh, Krusty the Clown or something like, I got animals. I look, look, I have an ISV. <laughs> yes, it was It was exactly that. I, uh, I used my uh, editing acumen that I've learned over the past several months of collecting audio and removed that from the uh, from this. All right, so the next clip is me. Uh, the donuts are really messing me up. You got I'm not, problems, I don't dude. know what's happening. You Maybe got it was no sleep for the last three nights. And then combined with the monster and a half I sucked down today, the Dr. Pepper... And then Pepper, also the heroin's not the, helping The, the Dr. Either, Pepper right? right here. Hold on. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. I still haven't even cracked my Dr. Pepper open yet. Well, you need to hurry up. I know. All right, so the, ne- the uh, next clip is uh, uh, me going for a ride. After this, I drove it, but they didn't want me to record and drive at the same time. So uh, you'll just have to uh, enjoy me as a passenger. All right, this is Holman. I'm in the back of the uh, GM Performance ISV, and we're going to go do this... Uh, 
quick off-road loop. I've had a chance to drive both the diesel and the concept electric one and uh, figured I'd try and get some uh, some audio of this thing. So it's a rainy thunderstorm day, lots of mud. Obviously there's no uh, roof, no doors. It's based on a Colorado ZR2. Feel the uh, the chassis on this. What's, what's neat about it is it's, uh, it's like an UTV, but way bigger and way more substantial. Um, if you're used to driving a ZR2, it's kind of cool to be in a uh, open roof vehicle version of it with way more power. It's funny if you uh, listen to the uh, noise, you can hear the induction noise, and every once in a while you'll hear the engine go, it's pretty cool. I was enjoying more the uh, the, the warble in your voice. Because yeah, well, I mean, you're like, brr, brr. and it's funny because on the on this it doesn't sound like it's very fast. We're probably doing, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour on a pretty tight course, and um, I'm trying to keep it together. Four point harnesses or just seatbelts? Yeah. yeah, no, no, four point Mastercraft harnesses on Mastercraft. Uh, uh, race seats, which were super comfortable, had Baja Designs lighting, and I mean, just there's a whole bunch of like stuff that we know in the aftermarket that were sort of scattered all over these vehicles to make them complete. It was pretty cool. That was awesome. A little power slide there. All right, here we go. There we go. Nice power slide through the mud. <laughs> well done. Didn't even take out the fence. All right, we're uh, taking the left here. What's neat too is uh, the dashboard is uh, military behind the uh, steering wheel. The steering wheel you'll recognize as a cheap version of uh, maybe like the ZR2 steering wheel. Uh, I will say this, Holman, is that when you uncork a diesel, sounds better. Yeah. Got military style gauges behind it, but there is a uh, screen that's in the center of the dash that shows exactly what the vehicle is doing, what drive mode you're in, all that kind of good stuff. So it's Your really voice is uh, thoroughly uh, modern uh, in that regard. Uh, pretty much. Are you gonna want to slow down here? Oh, you're gonna want to slow down. Yeah, he doesn't though. All right, we're just pushing it. Now we're coming up to this. Uh... Oh, what happened? <laughs> that wasn't slow. That was awesome. <laughs> it was a very steep uh, hill climb. It was about 30 feet up uh -huh. with a little drop on the backside. Oh, and he just went right over the edge. Yeah, went right the over. It. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, that engine sounds great. Yeah, it's awesome. Who was driving right, right there? Uh, this is Marshall, who I believe is the uh, president or VP of Hendrick Motorsports. He's actually a really good driver. I interview him. Uh, so uh, the contract was awarded, and they're in the process of building these. So uh, these will start getting out to units here pretty soon. I got to slow down here. This is another one of those pretty big follow-ups. We just roll it down over this, and we're going to go straight across and see the tracks here. By the way, super fun uh, off-road course. Kind of showing the vehicle. Handling's awesome. When I had the chance to drive the EV and the uh, this, this diesel one we're in now, it's uh, the chassis is really responsive. It's super easy to drive, and you can easily rotate it even in four-wheel drive with power and do these really bitchin' power slides, um, which is really nice. You can just tell that there's it's so much more substantial than the UTV, but also what you can really get from it Water. is just how much more capability is in this chassis. Water crossing. Even what we're seeing today, it's it's really incredible so anyway hope you guys enjoyed the uh quick ride along with the uh, gm defense isv what a treat i enjoyed 
the warbling in your voice. That's what I, I can't, I just, uh, that makes me smile. Why? Uh, why? I'm, oh, but I'm right here and I'm getting bounced around. It's part of the fun. <laughs> this is why I can't take you off road any, anywhere. Why? Because you will uh, play with the audio and enjoy the warble too much. <laughs> you want to do a whole show like this. <laughs> it just, it's you. It's, it cracks me because I'm, I'm picturing you just getting bounced around like a rag doll. Pretty much. Uh-huh. I mean, there's no doors. You're sitting on seats. You're literally like right on the edge of the mm-hmm. thing. You're strapped in with some I mean, belts. I mean, like yeah. a big bowl of jelly with Santa Claus. anything except a microphone <laughs> trying to get the sights and sounds. Well, not the sights, but at least the sounds. No, that's what mics do is get sights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else? Uh, what's next? All right. Uh, this is uh, The next one will be Tim Herrick, who is- uh, I'm not familiar with Tim Herrick. Have we interviewed him before? Absolutely. All right. Well, I am here with uh, Tim Herrick. You guys uh, have- you remember him from being the uh, chief been on the podcast for a long time. The chief goodness. engineer on everything, body and frame, or something like that. What was it, sixty-five billion dollars worth of business that was, you used to be responsible for? It is a big number. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, one of the cool things about being out here is I got to drive the electric concept version yes. of the ISV. And you and I were just talking about how you guys made it electric, and I thought, well, why am I not recording this for a podcast? It sounds like really important. Well, it is very important. You know, it's the Bolt battery pack. All validated right out of a bolt, uh, right off the the line that builds them, and then the bolt motor. We're able to. You've seen. You saw us at SEMA. I did. Right? Yes. And we had the pickup truck out there, which was great. Uh, we we recently did a Blazer K5 Blazer. That was awesome. So we decided, hey, why don't we put it in this ISV? So we took one of our bid samples, and we uh, took out the rear seats. We put the battery in there, put the drive motor under hood, connected it to the transmission. And they did, they did a phenomenal job. They built it in three weeks or less. I, I got to tell you, driving it, I was really amazed at holistically as a, as a vehicle, yeah. how integrated everything felt and how everything worked. It did not feel like a science project at all. It felt like a fully validated vehicle, even though I know it's a concept. Right. And so what we did is we just take that validated, those validated tools and that equipment, and, and we, we sell it now. You can buy it on the, on the market. We're working with... Uh, producers of vehicles that they can actually buy it. They can convert vehicles, kind of a cool hot rod thing to do. Uh, and then the other really cool part of it is that we were able to take that battery pack, reconfigure it, and take that motor and put it in like an airport tugger. Not ones that tug an airplane around, but I'm not announcing any product program. <laughs> uh, but we were able to take the tugger to tug the luggage around. Sure, yeah. And, and reconfigure the battery pack, validate it to our validation requirements, our durability requirements, put it in a tugger, and now we're selling to uh, the tugger manufacturers to be able to take their old diesel engine out. Those things are, I don't know if you've ever seen one, they're built for life. I mean, oh, yeah. They, I mean, those oh, tuggers are like, uh, what, 100 years old? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Jesus was the DRE, the design responsible <laughs> engineer for them. But the, the piece of it is that we were able to reconfigure, put in there, and give them an electric version of a tugger, and reconfigure the battery pack again, the same battery pack, and take it up from the tugger, and then put it in a belt loader uh, that loads your luggage into the bottom of the airplane, the side of the airplane. So we're able to give them green technology, 
really well integrated, like you saw with this, with this ISV, this concept vehicle, electric concept vehicle. We're able to give that to the airline industry. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. Uh, and then the guys are saying based on you know load and all that kind of stuff, yeah. it's 75 to 100 plus miles range, yeah. which is pretty impressive for just putting something together as a basically a demonstrator. Yeah, and that's something that you know we want to demonstrate. We want to, you know, I talked to, to a couple of the generals. We'd like to go out on maneuvers with them and take our electric uh, trucks with us and to just kind of get a feel for it. Put my engineers in with them and then go out and support them. We have ideas of how do we support them downrange. And if you, you know, if you read through some things, you know, some of the average mission lengths are about 50 miles. So this thing can get you there and back. Uh, you know, it's a better boot. Uh, we think we can figure out how to uh, fast charge it downrange. And then, you know, it's silent watch. It's silent. You know, it's amazing. When you don't hear the drivetrain, yeah. everything else sounds so much louder, like right. the tires kicking up rocks against the skid plates and things like that. Right. It doesn't give as big a heat signature. Uh, so, yeah, we, we think it's something we could do. We'd like to provide it uh, for the Army. They're interested in it. They've asked us to ship it to, to one of their forts so they can mess around with it. As well as then June 2nd, we're bringing the military... Uh, the Army out to Milford Proving Grounds, and we're going to show off the new Hummer. There's some programs, uh, ELRV, that we're really interested in uh, uh, getting, and that we would, uh, you know, bring them out and show them all, all what, that we can do. You know, they don't, they know, but they don't know exactly. So but by us building something like this, like, wow, we didn't know you guys could do that. It's like, well, you didn't ask. Well, you, now they have. It. Now they know, and now GM yeah. Defense is is uh, it's almost like a startup within GM. It is, it is actually a startup. We consider it a startup. It's one of the things I liked about the electric version of the ISV is you didn't try and do anything weird where um, you sit in it and you know it's the electric version because there's screens everywhere and stuff like that. It still has the gauges, and I think that for like mixed fleet, as electric vehicles creep into yep. the military, you don't want somebody to jump in and have a different vehicle. They can all get in and drive. Very, it looks very the same. Familiar because. Uh, you know, the the young soldier that is going to uh, drive these things in battle, uh, you know, downrange, you want them to be very familiar uh, with their surroundings and how it works so that they're not, you know... Yeah, there's no learning curve hey, that's been wasted I mean, when yeah. you could be doing the uh, the mission. Hey, when it's uh, time to get the heck out of Dodge, guess what? You, you want to jump into something familiar and go. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have time to waste. All right, so uh, you were the interim president of yes. GM Defense, and so now you go back to your other really important job because uh, they just uh, hired the, the new guy, uh, Steve, who will be taking over. Yes, he's great. So we know you from the body on frame trucks and SUVs, yeah. obviously the GMC Yukon AT4 won our four-wheeler uh, SUV of the year. Yeah. So that's pretty good. So yeah. congratulations on that because I haven't seen you since we awarded it that. And then where are we going to see the fruits of your labor next? Uh, just working on all the internal combustion engines that we have. We have, uh, you, you're going to see some more things rolling out in the, in the truck world uh, coming up here very soon. So we're excited to get you in some of that. What uh, is he talking about? Did you hear that? Yes, more internal combustion engines. And truck stuff. So for all the people that are worried about GM killing all the internal uh, combustion truck stuff, this is the guy who's overseeing that stuff, and he's telling you on the Truck Show podcast, we are not done. We still have plenty of cool stuff coming for you to see. Well, I, I think that uh, you know they walked it back. We talked about it last yeah. episode where they said, we'll make engines as well. Well, I think they were talking about Duramax. Maybe not. Maybe not. They, they were saying, well, I that uh, they weren't going to make them as long as we'd buy them, but here he is saying we've got more. We've got more coming. And then, 
actually, you know, the, the reach back for General Motors defense, Steve and I, you know, just weren't words, say welcome and, you know, colleague and friend. Uh, Steve's come on very rapidly, uh, learned a lot about it. He, you know, he's got a defense background. He can, I, I didn't know much about it at all. I learned, it was great, it's fun to learn, it's fun to, to, to go through that. But our coupling together, you know, with his lead, you know, and, and having the majority of the vote, right? Not that it would be a vote, but that, you know, he would set the tone in the direction. He, him using me for the reach back of General Motors defense yeah. to get the biggest, best, and brightest, and... He, all, he understands the military. You got the product side down. Yeah. Together you guys can uh, yeah. make, make a run at this, and it seems like what uh, you're doing with GM Defense is almost revolutionary in the defense market from the standpoint of because you're able to use COTS or uh, commercial yeah. off-the-shelf systems, yeah. um, you don't have a lot of, uh, if you will, mission creep from the programs getting more expensive because right. every part needs to be made fresh. Yeah. You already know the durability. Things have been validated. Yeah. Things that we talked to yeah. Dickens about yesterday, and it's just, it seems like uh, this is, uh, you're in a way reinventing uh, defense contracting. Yeah, you know, we like to say we're not a defense company and we're not an automotive company. We're the best of both. Uh, what's great for both of those we clues together to make a, you know, I think a formidable competitor to many of the defense companies, as well as when's the last time that uh, we've been able to be a disruptor? And yeah. we feel like a real disruptor in the in the yeah you may not think of GM as a as a disruptor right it's it's right. it's the the company that's been around forever but here you are as a startup yeah. coming into a new industry and setting the tone yeah what's super fun for us is you know one to get the ISV contract and I when I found out that we got this uh, contract I was I was visiting my son in Maryland and I just walked out of a liquor store and Mark Dickens calls me and says you're not going to believe what just happened and. You know, usually when the chief calls you and it starts like that. You're like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we what, go. what can I help you with, Mark? He's like, we just won the ISV contract. And I immediately said, I, I gave out a big Yelp. And it's like, oh, my God, congratulations. And I said, i got to go back in and get more yeah, beer. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. But a, a great day, you know, very memorable for us. But, you know, you can't believe the number of other people that we've met in the industry that said, we, didn't, we, we thought you guys were... Not a joke, they, yeah. but you know, we, we just couldn't believe you won the contract. Yeah. And it's like, why wouldn't you believe that? We, yeah. we believed the whole time. I mean, we had the best soldier feedback. That's why we won it. Uh, and, and it's a great value for the soldier. But we had the best soldier feedback. We were the only ones that took the original bid samples and there were three uh, samples or three uh, distinct points. We, we improved the vehicle based upon what we got one or, or saw from the warfighters, what they told us. You know, it's like, hey, this is a great place to put a jack, but did you know when the this t tire goes flat, you can't get the jack out. Sure. It's like, yeah, we got it. Move that. Yeah. You know, how we attach the stuff to the back, how we put a net for the rollover, for the, on the rollover system sure. for the rucksacks. All that stuff, we listen to it. And that's what we do. And it's amazing that none of the other competitors, they're just like, here's what you get, this is what you got. Yeah. And for us, you know, next truck, best truck. Um, you know, that's something that Steve talked a little bit, not exactly today, but our relationship with the Army, we're learning them, they're learning us. And, uh, you know, because we're, you know, to stand up a facility like this, they, they, they like couldn't believe it. They're like, you can't do this. This is not the way this works. And, don't you understand? and you did it in 90 days. And we did it in 90 days. Well, uh, 
super excited to see what you do next and congratulations and uh, here's to uh, the new chapters of innovation at General Motors because I know f from your your job yeah. you see what's coming and I know a little bit of what's coming yeah. and I'm pretty excited for you and for the company. Well thanks for coming it's always great to see you Sean and you know, we'll get mountain biking one day, and I'll continue to follow you on Strava. Yeah, so I need to uh, get back on my mountain bike. Uh, co you know, COVID, uh, they say you you either are uh, uh, a hunk or a chunk, and I think I, uh, I've i turned into you more of a great. chunk than a, uh, than a hunk. You look great. Well, <laughs> j just let me know, does negative reinforcement or positive reinforcement work? or a All of it. Just a reminder, I like, hey, hey, uh, Tubby, get on your bike. That, that yeah, works well. That number come in, I'll, I'll be the guy screaming on the other end. <laughs> you know, get your butt out there. All right, well, uh, I'm going to uh, get back to my mountain biking so All that right. I can meet you somewhere we can go for a ride someday. Uh, sounds great. Look forward to meeting you at Big Sky or... How about North Carolina? I'm going down to Brevard here. I would love to come back to North Carolina to do some mountain biking. Oh, yeah, we go down to Brevard. We're going to be down there. Yeah, so come on in, and I'll, uh, we got a couple new bikes to we could test. All right, I, I like that. Let me uh, let me get my lungs, legs, and uh, uh, pulmonary okay. system back in check, and you I'll uh, when, I'll circle back. You let me know when and where I'll be there with you. Thanks, Tim. Talk right, to you soon. Take care, I would pay to see you. Ride with him. Ride with him right yeah, now because I, you. I'm, if, if you think that I would make fun of, if wait, you, wait, wait. If you do, guys think that I make it funny? Of, do you think it's funny that a GM executive who was the interim president of GM Defense, like he's high up in GM's food chain, is going to text me? Hey, Tubby, you need to get on your bike. <laughs> I do think he will. <laughs> oh, he will. And it, you would be so winded. I mean, I I'm think winded you, I, in this room with I you. I think you would barf. No, I wouldn't barf. Really? No. Nah. Have you ever barfed? When, when, Everybody's born. No, 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 no. When when you're like running, you know, trying to no. run a mile as fast as you can or something, and your no. your blood rate, you know, your 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 heart's pumping so fast, you just throw up. I, no, I just really you haven't no, done it just, that. It just splits my stomach and everything explodes <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> All right, what else do we have? Uh, the next one is uh, Marshall, who uh, is with Hendrick Motorsports, and uh, they've got a pretty interesting story too. We spent some time in your back 40 yesterday. This is Marshall, and what do you do for Hendrick? Hey, Marshall Carlson. I uh, serve as the president at Hendrick Motorsports, which basically means chasing guys that are trying to go fast and getting them what they need. <laughs> so you guys have a long storied history, of course, in NASCAR racing, the, the company founded in 1984. You've been with General Motors the entire time, and so seem like a perfect partner to you know partner with GM Defense, especially them coming to your, uh, literally your backyard. Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, the, the ISV program is a real fast mover. The Army had a requirement to deliver vehicles 120 days after award. And so GM uh, connected with us early as they were kind of preparing for that. And the chassis on the ISV is really a, a very close cousin to a racing chassis like we build here in Concord also. Um, chromoly steel, which is high strength, lightweight, full TIG welding. So it's some of the most beautiful welding you'd ever see. Holman, how amazing looking is the facility? Is it just like white floors? Yeah, you and, can eat off of it. Right. The it, lighting from above reflects off the floor. Matco tools, snap on what? Uh, you know what? I didn't, didn't even look. You'd ever see. Do you follow the hashtag TIG only on Instagram? <laughs> I've not heard of that, but I work with about 40 guys that probably do. I would imagine you have some of the best TIG welders in the country working for you. Well, we're proud of their work. I mean, the, the quality and, and when you combine that quality with the speed, that's really what's pretty incredible. They designed the tooling and all of the... Our friend Ryan Kibbe would freak if he found out that like 
the high end NASCAR builders yeah. were following his hashtag. Yeah, on TIG only. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. these these guys. I mean, they probably do. These are literally the best TIG welders in the country working for a company like Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, th- think of what they do on a daily basis to build these race cars. You have to be the best of the best of the best to even be looked at by those guys. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. And all of the processes to be able to deliver the vehicles, every one of them is CMM post-construction, and obviously the Army requirements are incredibly high, but we're used to that in racing with the tech requirements in NASCAR and how we need to build. We actually try to build the vehicles on whichever edge of whichever tolerance we want to be at to optimize performance. Yeah, I, I was impressed. So as we've talked about, the ZR2 is, is basically the foundation of the ISV. But what you guys have done is essentially taken the frame rails and the cage attached to it for the ISV, making them out of chrome molly because there's a weight and strength requirement for being a slung load under a helicopter or being transported. And so you guys are basically making the foundation for the ISV, which is obviously an incredibly important part of the vehicle. You may be one of the only things that on the vehicle that aren't a COTS piece, right? Because then all the COTS pieces can attach to the vehicle. Yeah, believe it or not, actually, we start with a Colorado ZR2 frame straight from the factory. Oh, okay. So that is the foundation, those frame rails. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they are very strong, lightweight. And then we build the, the chassis up and out from there. Okay. So every element on the vehicle, the suspension, the engine, all of the seating and the weapons mounts, et cetera, mount to the chassis that we construct. The use case for ISV is like on the extreme. So here's a 5,000 pound curb vehicle that needs to be able to carry 3,200 pounds of payload. Wow. Between all the soldiers and their gear, they're taking that 5,000 pound vehicle, putting 3,200 pounds on it. It needs to be able to perform at what's called military grade cross country mobility which means they can just point an azimuth off a compass and say, go that way. In addition to that, has to be able to be airdroppable, sling load by a Blackhawk inside of a Chinook transporting it. It's an incredible, incredible piece that GM designed. And we're, we're tasked with building that frame consistently, strong, lightweight, uh, the chassis out. But it starts with the commercial ZR2 frame. That's really remarkable, and the fact that you know your relationship with General Motors has allowed you to partner with them on this. Have you guys been involved in defense contracting before? Yeah, we actually uh, not long after 9/11, we started doing uh, project science and technology prototyping, problem solving work for different components in the military. And so, in racing, you're, you're constantly fighting time. We race 40 guys every weekend. Uh, 40 times. 40. So there's 40 competitors on the on the track uh, for a given weekend. Yep. And uh, wherever you finish one week, you want to be better the next. So we try to buy down time and put capabilities in place that take problems we, we learn about or uh, often advantages that we learn about sure. and try to roll that across the teams within a week. And so rapid prototyping, um, 3D printing, all of these capabilities, uh, simulation and modeling, we're, we're iterating that on day scale. And, um, and that really lined up well with the requirements that GM had on ISV. What would Papa have said if he saw the company today versus when he first started in some buildings up on a hill uh, by the Speedway back in 1984? I, I would imagine he would be pretty proud of the company that you guys have become. I, that's great observation. Papa Joe Hendrick, uh, Rick Hendrick's father, 
um, was an Army veteran, Army Air Corps, served on uh, uh, more bombing missions, his crew did, than any other crew in their squadron. Uh, he would be really proud of this, and he, he had an expression that we said a lot when we were launching ISV. Papa Joe said, have to will always beat want to. And um, you know, when we had those firm deadlines, you're gonna figure out a way. <laughs> and it's a lot like motor racing. Sure. Well, it's interesting that you can find those synergies and you know, the way you describe it, obviously, coming into uh, defense contracting, where the biggest challenge, I think, from an outsider looking in is that you know, programs take so long. And what GM Defense and with you as a partnership and, and the other companies have done is basically taken that and moved it to you know commercial fast in terms of development and getting the product out. And I don't know that anybody's really doing that. This is going to turn the defense industry, I would imagine, on its head. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So we've been uh, working in you know developmental and S and T projects for a while. But what I've observed is. Um, there are only a few companies that can typically compete for these types of programs. So GM Defense entering the space, the scale that they are able to employ when they hit the button go, yeah. and they need to put engineering on it, CAE, purchasing, sourcing, manufacturing, in addition to their advanced capabilities. You saw the all-electric ISV here today. That was just something they did. And they just said, I think people might be interested in electric one. <laughs> so they electrified an ISV, it, it, it is incredibly good drive, smooth, responsive. And so this is really a personally gratifying thing for me to see a great American company like GM um, wanting to make a difference for the folks that, that provide our security and defense. I mean, we ask so much of our military personnel and their families, just cannot really express often enough or strongly enough that gratitude. And I think GM in, in a big way is doing that by bringing the best of what they do to this market. Well, uh, congratulations on uh, being part of the program. I'm, I'm excited just uh, as an American citizen that appreciates our, our military, but also congratulations to where Hendrix Motorsports has, has gone. I mean, it's it's amazing to, you know, remember like the Days of Thunder, you know, movie and things like that, right? I mean, and, and to see you guys helping to build, you know, the next generation of uh, off-roader for our warfighters. It's pretty cool. It is really cool, and, and it's very, very gratifying. You know, it's kind of interesting, NASCAR's roots are guys in the mountains of North Carolina uh, running bootleg uh, moonshine, and they were literally taking commercial vehicles and modifying them to perform under high loads, high, <laughs> high volume, high weight, uh, at high speed. And you know, here, 60, 70 years later, we still have a workforce that knows how to look at something and, and make the tweaks and implement them effectively and quickly. And uh, so I just, it's a great story for our army and our warfighters, but also for our local area here in North Carolina. Well, I love North Carolina and uh, I, I, every time I come, I have to uh, get some barbecue. And I'm a big Dr. Pepper fan, but everybody tells me <laughs> if you see cheer wine, you have to have cheer wine. So last night on the tap, at the barbecue joint was cheer wine. So I, I did partake and I was uh, pretty impressed. Now the other thing everybody tells me about is if you're in North Carolina, you gotta do the cherry sun drop. I haven't yes, had that yes, yet. Yes, <laughs> cheer wine, cherry sun drop. There is one little place in rural North Carolina that still makes Mountain Dew with cane sugar. So, uh, I gotta go find that place. <laughs> yes, they, I think they send it all over the world actually. But yeah, something Pepsi was born in North Carolina. Um, I'm not sure what, where, where all that comes from, but there's some great local local uh, soft drinks in this area, and of course barbecue, right? Carolina barbecue, oh. and and you know there's 18 different types of Carolina barbecue. So. At least, right? Yeah. yeah I, so I'm a big brisket. This wouldn't be the truck show podcast if we didn't go into food <laughs> at some point. So 
Uh, I'm a big brisket snob because I do my own, and I went to the smoke pit last night, and their uh, burnt ends and the ribs on point. That was unbelievable how good it was. So smoke pit, we actually introduced our friends at GM to Carolina Barbecue, and we brought smoke pit out, and um, I think they're hooked. So yeah. they're all coming down from Michigan looking for that good Carolina barbecue, and it's fun. It's really been a, a great story, a great relationship uh, to take these skills that folks have built um, both back in GM, not in the defense space, in our world in racing, not in the defense space, fusing it all together and creating a neat solution. And it works. So uh, again, congratulations, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks much. How about some cheer wine, huh? A little, little clap for some cheer wine there? That's enough. Yeah, it's always uh, got to devolve to food, doesn't it? Always. It's a common denominator, isn't oh, it? We I, all eat. Right. And <laughs> if I'm going to be in North Carolina, I'm having barbecue. Uh-huh. You're going to be. You're going to have barbecue anywhere. That's you go also to Hawaii true. and have barbecue. Right. Except it'll be like uh, you know a pig mm-hmm. and a luau. Yeah. All right. So the uh, the last piece of audio. This one's uh, specifically for you because it is the plant tour, a very quick assembly line tour that I did because uh, I knew that it would bother you. Why would it bother me? I love machinery. I know, because you weren't there. You always say, you never take me on plant tours. You are a dick. Uh, Joe Morcinelli, General Motors Defense. So let me give you a little bit of history. You heard some numbers today about 90 days for a site, 120 days for delivery. About two and a half years ago, before this all started, before this, this site was even a concept, there was a small team of about 14 engineers and technicians that built the bid sample. Uh, we put that vehicle together in 33 days. As you can imagine, that's a pretty giant task to take on as an OEM. And not just that, but but hand it over to a customer who you have no idea what they're going to do with They wouldn't disclose <laughs> test, test features or anything. So we had to build a robust vehicle, which we ZR2 was it, right? Sure. We put some best in the desert components on it and sent it off to the customer. Based on that vehicle, we were down-selected from the original seven or eight competitors down to the final three. Uh, after that test evaluation, we were required to produce two more prototypes based on subject touch points. We had to give those vehicles back to the customer, same scenario, in 90 days. So a pretty big feat for a very small team. We've now morphed into the production contract. We did the first 27 units out of Milford, and now here we stand. So uh, we did kind of in tandem, develop the site, and also build vehicles. So what you'll see here is the final solution to low-volume strategy for ISV. Uh, seven build stations. About a 10 hour, 10 and a half hour cycle time station one. As you can imagine, in a normal production facility, you have tack times in the seconds, 30 seconds, sure. 50 yep. seconds. Easy to keep track of what you're doing, changing people around. The challenge for us was how do we ensure the same quality with that kind of cycle time, you know, that their tack time at, at that kind of extent, with these same folks doing that work. So I will say here, we employ a, a different level of uh, a technician. These are actually process technicians, we're not calling them assemblers. Um, most of these folks are either ex-NASCAR mechanics. Uh, one in particular, actually, before he took this job, was they worked on a presidential helicopters. So he was a mechanic, an aircraft mechanic. Wow. So yeah. it's a different skill set that we have to have in a low volume. It's almost craftsmanship type, sure. right? Uh, a, a, just a different awareness of what you need to do. Uh, we also use what's new to GM. is called operator guidance. Um, that basically prompts the technicians on their job, what they should do and when. Uh, and it actually, is, it's part of error proofing as well. So as an example, we use an MPD document, which is our master process document within General Motors standard document. We incorporate that into the operator guidance system and we essentially animate that. So we'll take a fastener, we'll turn it gray. It in- indicates to the operator, we have, this is your first operation, grab your torque wrench or your torque gun. 
And the system itself will actually only enable the torque wrench that's supposed to be on that faster. So as you walk up to the station, you'll see multiple torque wrenches. The question would be, well, how does he not grab the wrong torque wrench? He can grab it, but it won't operate. Interesting, okay. It'll only advance as he advances through the process. Now, is it recording that as well, so you can see what each Absolutely. torque, each station, so you can follow through and make sure there's nothing that's uh, out of spec? Uh, so that's common in our GMS, which is our global yep. manufacturing yep. system. So as station one, as the cage assembly rolls in, uh, we place a VIN tag on it, which is barcode. We scan that into station. From that point forward until it leaves the assembly line, there's traceability of timestamps, of activity, uh, technicians, and then um, any of the dynamic torques that we capture. And also there's confirmations of, let's call it non-torque requirements as sure. far as putting a harness on, pushing all the Christmas trees into position, right? You have to confirm you've actually done that. And just so you guys are, get a visual, we are standing in front of like a, a two-post rotary lift and it's basically the frame and cage put together with the drivetrain sitting in it, and that's where we are at uh, Station 1 right now. Right. So let's stop over to Station 2. So Station 2, after Station 1, it actually becomes a roller. We push it on the wheels, comes into Station 2, we'll actually put the front of dash on. And the reason we do that is so we can put the master cylinder on and do a, oh. a, 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 a brake evac and fill. We have equipment that's specifically uh, manufactured for the ISV program. Uh, much what you would see, much similar to what you would see in the assembly process at a, at a mainstream assembly facility. Uh, we, we catalog and track all of the evac and fill logistics as far as the, the amount of fill volume, uh, the, the amount of time it holds vacuum and creates pressure so that we know every single vehicle, again going back to traceability, has met that requirement before it advances to the next station. And now we're at a Station 3, which is the starting to look like a vehicle. It's got a firewall, it's got a dash, it's got wheels, tires, seats are starting to be uh, installed now. Yep, so Station 3 is where we start putting the sheet metal on the body. Now, again, because this is a Colorado, we are using 90% COTS parts, commercial off the shelf. So you can see the, the firewall stampings, the, um, the cab floor stamping is, is all Colorado. Right. Now, those are modified at a supplier before they come to us, but they are standard stampings from our production facility. Uh, this is where we put the, start to put the interior in, the dash panel, the IP, uh, CRFM, which is the cooling uh, module, uh, and then essentially... The we, cooling stack here, was, so we've got uh, the intercooler and the radiator, uh, two electric fans, even has horns. Yeah, those are actually ZL1 Camaro <laughs> cooling fans, believe it or not. Again, okay. sticking with that theme of COTS parts. Sure. Uh, I believe the horns are off a of Blazer or an Equinox, but it's something along those lines. <laughs> okay. The customer wanted those added, so we added them for them. Uh, so, uh, Station 5 is actually our, is the first time the vehicle will start, so this is where we flash all the modules. We actually do a coolant evac and fill, similar to what we're doing in the brake evac and fill, um, with a specific coolant that's required from the military, not just your standard, you know, antifreeze sure. mixture. Uh, and then once the vehicle starts and we confirm all the um, electrical is functioning as it should, we pull it up on the alignment rack and do a full wheel alignment with a hunter system, and then we do uh, all the the fluid checks for uh, proper uh, level, and then we do skid plate install and some other um, under underbody. And my understanding is uh, the skid plate, at least the fuel tank, is similar to what you would see on the Bison, so it's the hot boron stamped steel, so a very uh, very rugged part uh, from uh, AEV. That's right. Those are best in the desert parts all over this truck. The, the dampeners, the jount shocks, a lot of that, that same carryover parts are on this vehicle here. Nearly completed vehicle up on the uh, alignment rack. It's got all the, uh, the laser sensors on it, and uh, we were saying it's a hunter machine, and it's uh, about uh, three feet in the air, so we can see the underbody and all the skid plates, and it's amazing just uh, how mean a Colorado can look when it's uh, militarized. Uh, so station seven is our end-of-line check. So this is where we go through our final electrical checks, final function checks, and uh, once the vehicle passes, it'll actually go out the door for a dynamic drive test. 
I think it's about 12, 14 miles. So we have some simulated roll conditions that we had of our Milford Proving Grounds installed. Uh, some rumble strip, Belgian blocks, things of that nature, just to check for squeaks and rattles, NVHs type things. Uh, if it does, we do encounter an issue. It actually, is a quality hold area uh, where the engineering teams and manufacturing teams will converge and, and solve any issues that we might have. And currently, the ISV program is a thousand vehicles. Uh, it's a little well. It's it's based on task order, but I believe the it's up to twenty six hundred. Oh wow! So you guys will be here for a while, install doing ISV uh, assembly. We sure would like to be. <laughs> That's our plan. On the sides of the assembly line, you've got different uh, pallet racking and things like that. You can see where all the axles are coming in as full assemblies. It looks like most of the pieces come in as modules so that they're very easy to assemble here on, on the line? That's correct. So we do do some sub-assembly uh, line side that feeds the production line itself. But most of the, to your point, most of the parts that are coming in, so rear axles, we'll do some, as you can imagine, so best in the desert, we'll add an axle truss. Uh, so those kind of things, we'll put the best in the desert springs on it. But for the most part, yeah, the COTS parts come in just as you'd see them in a normal production facility. All right, well, appreciate your time. This has uh, been pretty cool to uh, check it out. Any other uh, technology that it would set this plant apart from your typical General Motors uh, assembly plant? Uh, the operator guidance system that we employ, obviously with the Bluetooth tooling, right? That's a, that's a unique um, tool set that we use in the low volume space. Uh, no, that's pretty much just excited that, you know, support the warfighter in every way we can, and it's just a great program to be part of. Do you think that any of the lessons learned here with some of that uh, technology, like the guidance system, will be backfed into uh, regular GM assembly? Is there some of that technology that gets tested out, I guess, here that you may see in the regular production lines? Uh, there's already discussions about that <laughs> taking place today, yes. Awesome. So sometimes it takes a low volume of to kind of to show that, it, yeah. to demonstrate it to the bigger mothership, if you will. So I think people's eyes have been open a little bit and they're starting to reevaluate what's the right direction, so. Awesome, really appreciate your time, thank you. Yep, you're welcome, thank you. And there you oh, have it. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think I uh, hit a lot of different things. Uh, you saved the best for last because oh. I, I, that's, I love that stuff. I could listen to him talk all day and walk me through. Like, I was picturing the lifts. You know, you start with a two-post lift. You're like station one through seven or whatever it was. And I'm just, I, 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 I have said this and I apologize. I've probably said this as much as Holman talks about the halls. That's I not true. Would Already not true. I would love to go to an assembly line, an assembly, whether, whether it's Nissan, whether it's any of the brands. Yeah. Please take me. Uh -huh. I love it so much. I, I'm the guy. You know what I love? That Wait, listen to me. Do you uh, know what I love? You love me bitching and moaning about it? F-100s. That's what I love. Maybe get that assembly line going and I'll take you <laughs> to a new assembly line. Well, that's a very low volume. <laughs> uh -huh. a volume of zero. Uh, yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Hey, speaking of uh, cool old trucks being built, have you seen my chassis? Hey, let's uh, hit the news. Have you seen my chassis? Let's hit the news. Have you seen my Roadster Shop chassis laying on the flow? Don't care. Mm, yeah, you're no fun. What's, What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ta-da! I knew you were going to do something weird, so I just went with it. I, I watched your uh -huh. mouth move, and I'm yeah. like, he's going long. Uh, yeah, but last time I did that, I tricked you, and I did it normal. Oh, uh, yeah, you did. So. Well, I, but I hung with you on this one. You did. Kind of, okay. sort of. All right. Okay. Are we talking about the Ford Lightning? I mean, if you want to start there. Hey, mm. Lightning, have you heard? Nah. So, uh, Ford, potentially bringing back the Lightning. They uh, dropped a teaser on the world this, uh, this past week, and uh, it's uh, an F-150 with a different grill, and uh, it's electric. And it's uh, lightning. No, why? Why? Hold on a second. Why am I excited about this? 
I'm not the sport truck guy. You are. Now, we're having role reversal right now. I just think it's lame when you dig up an old name and then make it completely different than what but it used to be. everyone's been doing that for 50 years. And I mean, I every, still don't like it. Every movie we've seen is a, oh, is yeah, a because, reboot. Because I mean, everybody's run out of creative ideas. Mustang Mach-E. Look, there's... there's There's equity in the brand. Uh-huh. Uh, and but, it's so cliche that it has to do with electricity. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, well, that's yeah, what we you don't a, like. We got a lightning oh, bolt. Now, now we figured out. That's what you don't what? like. The, the name was created way before there were electric vehicles, so... Or before they were popular. Okay, so what does that have so to that, do? Yeah, so it's, there's a double entendre, but so what? It's if, just, uh, if it's they bring it back, hold on. If they bring it back as a sport truck, mm-hmm. are you any more excited, or are you just, or is it just another F one fifty? I don't know. Just we'll, a regular dual cab F one fifty. I think it'll be. A, I don't think it'll be a sport truck. I think it'll be a Super Crew F one fifty because that's what sells apparently. Now, if they brought it back as a regular cab F one fifty, could be cool. Hell, I would take my F one hundred as an electric truck right now if that meant that it would roll under its own power. So I'm not opposed to it. And you're talking to a guy. I don't. I'm not hating on EVs. I literally am having a electric charging station installed in my house currently okay so i'm not i'm not a hater i'm going to be testing things uh, a lot more frequently that have plugs and so i figured you know i better be uh, prepared at the house because i hate going to trader joe's and uh, having my wife drop me off just to charge something now do you really not know anything about this because i am very curious and here's why uh-huh. you know I'm, I'm i'm in the market for a truck I haven't really I, we've been kind of talking about it off here i don't mm-hmm. know how much on air we've we've said it but uh, i am zero? Okay, I am in the market for a truck. Okay. I have a somewhat limited budget, mm-hmm. meaning uh, I, I want to stay around 30 if I can. Yeah. That's good, very good, limited budget. I told you. Good luck with that. Again. You're talking about a new vehicle. I am talking about a new vehicle. Good, it's going to be tough, right? Good I've already, luck I, with that. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, uh-huh. I, I'm limiting it. Well, I can't say why I'm limiting it. All right. Well, moving right along. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. I need to I, I need to ask about, do you know anything about the lighting or are you really in the dark? I just, if I did, I wouldn't tell you right now. Why? Because I would hold off if I thought that there was a chance it could be cool. And and the chance that it could be $30,000? Uh, no, I would just sit on that money and I'd put it in Dogecoin and I'd <laughs> make a ton. Yeah. Okay. Good, uh, good luck with that lighting. Yeah. Hey, uh, lighting, did you hear? No! Uh, Jeep uh, recently released their uh, two-inch... Jeep Performance Parts lift kit for the new 4xe plug-in hybrid uh, Wrangler. Wow, how do you get in with that much uh, height? You fit 37s. <laughs> okay. Oh, and okay. you can go uh, go wheeling. Yeah. By the way, I uh, had a chance to get behind the wheel of one of those things. Pretty cool. It's kind of interesting because it's uh, the 392 and the 4xe have the same horsepower. Mm-hmm. Two completely different driving experiences and ways to get it. I think it'll be kind of interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, soon you'll be able to get a uh, e-transit EV van from Ford. I'm sure uh, maybe they'll call it the e-Lightning on the pickup truck. I wouldn't be interested in uh, that. No. E-transit EV van uh, for uh, nearly uh, $50,000. So that is out of your budget. The reason I bring that up is because you're talking about your $30,000 budget with a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. If the van is almost $50,000, I'm guessing that the truck's not going to be too far away from that. Right. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. Uh, did you hear about the FCA salesman charged with no. handing out no. $8.7 million in fraudulent employee discounts? Wait, what? At one dealership. Say that again slower. FCA, uh-huh. or Stellantis now, yeah. was charged with handing out $8.7 million in fraudulent employee discounts. 
He's my buddy. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you should have found him before he got busted. Yeah, I need him. Yeah, I could definitely get a truck for 30 k uh, Well, apparently uh, he worked at Fox Hills Chrysler Jeep in uh, Plymouth, Michigan. And uh, basically, after uh, the sales complete, the mothership will reimburse its dealers for the discount. And uh, says the uh, the con man uh, stole nearly $9 million, allegedly earned himself... Through the illegal scam, seven hundred thousand dollars in uh, in his commission, and it says uh, he some, somehow escaped notice, even though he sold two hundred and fifty cars in the month of January twenty twenty. <laughs> and according to uh, Fox Two Detroit News, federal investigators were told by a manager uh, at the dealer that he quote unquote. Nemo sells more vehicles than the entire sales department at most dealerships. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's rad. Uh, so anyway, he's going to jail. So his name was uh, Apollo Nemo, and uh-huh. uh, apparently Nemo's alleged fraud uh, was exposed, if you will, when uh, several employees had reported that their discount numbers uh, were being used and they didn't know about it. Uh, so wondering if there's more than <laughs> than what's been uncovered. But uh, if you're one of the lucky people in January of 2020 to help him uh, enrich his life by enriching yours with a new uh, FCA vehicle, then uh, well, good for you. Good to you. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Uh-uh. The 2021 Ford Explorer Timberline goes rugged. I did see a little bit of that. I mean, it's interesting. It's uh, explain the Timberline. Yeah, I mean, it's like a Subaru Outback for the Explorer. I guess you get. Uh, Does it look like the shoe? Uh, I mean, they all kind of look like a shoe. Oh, the Timberline shoe. Oh, no, yeah. it doesn't look like that. Well, I mean, this one's green, so I guess sort of. Um, it's Does a, it look like the hip hop uh, the producer Timberland? Uh, that's a completely different joke. Oh, okay. Anyway, if you want to uh, check out the Ford uh, Timberline, uh, you can head over to uh, Ford.com and uh, and see if it fits your lifestyle. <laughs> what out? <laughs> your excitement! I, you're well, just like you're like beaming. Woo! Check it out, everybody! Trying to do like GP things, but uh-huh. it doesn't have low range, and it's still low to the ground. And I'm sure it's fine for you know a family that wants to go off the beaten path in a national park or something like mm. that. And it's good to have. Uh, better traction control, better um, terrain management, all that kind of stuff. Better tires. That's always good stuff. But it's still, a, you know, at least the newer Explorer is rear-wheel drive based and not front-wheel drive based like the uh, last version. So that's cool. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be uh, in my driveway necessarily. Leaves this reviewer cold, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. Hey, Holman, why do we have so many voicemails from people talking about uh, Daytona truck meet? Well, apparently, uh, our friend Jordan over at, at Daytona Truck Meet uh, posted on Instagram a giveaway alert. It says he's giving away a free VIP spot and full Daytona Meet 2021 care package, including a hat, event shirt, sunglasses, cup, and Renegade Products USA detail kit. All you got to do is call the Truck Show podcast at 657-205-6105. Leave us a voicemail about their favorite memory or your plans for the show this year. And then uh, next week, we're going to have Jordan on where uh, we're going to listen to some of the best ones and he's going to choose on the air which one he likes the best. All right, so we're not playing any one of the uh, 500 of these uh, calls I, right now. I think now. they're still coming in. So let's, <laughs> stick so to, many. let's stick to regular five-star hotline. All right. And then next week, we'll have Jordan on and we'll do the Daytona ones. All right, let's do it. Oh, come on and be part of the show called the five-star hotline. Six, five, seven. It's the Five Star Hotline. Five Star Hotline. Hello. 
Hey guys, my name is Blaze. I'm a relatively new listener to the show. I am 32 and going back to school after some military service for automotive technology. And I was looking at school cars, and everything is overpriced to 10 to 12,000 range. So I started getting into some stuff that might need work. Well, I've got a 93 S10 Blazer that has never been lifted and doesn't look like it's hardly been off road at all. Test drove it, everything looks good. I've had a truck with a 4.3 liter V6, just not that year. So you guys being the small truck gurus, at least one of you, I just wanted to uh, see what you guys had to say about maybe Blazers in general or cool stuff that you've even seen on them. But uh, great show, guys. Take care. Oh, and all the people that call in disliking podcasts, people get confused between I hate that and I dislike that. Dislike that? Keep on scrolling. Why leave a crappy comment if you just dislike something? Great show, guys. Keep it up. Thank you for the message, 657-205-6105. So, Holman, your opinion on the 4.3-liter V6. Well, the 4.3-liter V6 is an exceptional motor. Uh, that is the the later years of that body style. I can't remember what year the, the last one before the redesign was. Um, yeah, they were okay trucks. I think it all comes down to maintain how you know, how they're maintained. I've I've got a friend that's got an '84, which is actually the same body style as that one. Uh, that he bought brand new and he still rolls it around uh, town and it's a daily driver. He's not embarrassed. Uh, he's 70, so I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's baby powder blue. Oh no way! Yeah, really? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that those you know those S10s and Blazers from that era they're okay. Um, you know, they're not fancy by any means. They're just a, a decent truck, and if they need a little bit of work, got like they you should think be that pretty was, economical. Was that the right call for him though, at, for ten to twelve grand? Well, he didn't say that's what he paid. He just said they were overpriced, so he was looking at stuff that needed to work. Oh, so I don't know what he actually paid for it, and I don't know what the price is. It, it's one of those one of those vehicles that was never the most popular, so you don't see them around too much anymore, and they're they're old enough now where they've been replaced four times over by families with their new SUVs. So, I mean, but I, I think it all comes down to maintenance. If you've got the ability to maintain it, go for it. I see them at mini truck meets slammed. Really? Yeah, don't you? Mm-mm. No. No, you never see those old square body S10s. It's been a long time. Really? Yeah. No, I think I, uh, I, think I was- Show me a picture. Right. Find a picture on your phone oh, I, uh, that you took because you went, wow, look, an S10. I haven't seen one before. Uh, I saw one. Picture didn't happen. I, I'm not going to be able to dig it up now. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a picture yeah. of an S10 uh, slammed at a mini truck show, uh, we want to see it. My my friend, like Steve Sorantos, had one. Yeah, in, had in, one. In, in high school. We're talking about now. We're and, not and, talking about back and in I, the day. And by the way, yes, I did see one when I went to that, uh, I got a bunch of audio. There was an <laughs> S10. When you went to, I got a bunch of audio? I, I, when I went to that show, I don't know where it was. It was in like okay. Uplander. God knows where it was. It doesn't okay. matter. Like, yeah. And it was it was a mini truck meet. It was like SoCal mini meetup or some BS. I don't remember what it was, but there was an S10. It was it was bagged. Pictures or it didn't happen. It wasn't bagged. It was static, actually. Pictures or it didn't happen. Well, I didn't keep any of those pictures. But <laughs> okay. Who cares? I'm not making it up. I'm just saying. I've seen them slammed like a lot. Okay. I've seen them slammed like none. I'm not saying there's not one or two out there. They just aren't the darling of the mini truck scene. Those that was the same era where they had all the IROC wheels on them. Yeah, but and Whatever. everything with that bolt pattern had IROC wheels on it. All right. Lightning and Holman, it's Peter calling from Northern California. Uh, just calling 
to uh, provide an update on the Oceano Dunes, always known as Pismo Beach Dunes, stuff that's going on up here. A while back, I know you guys were talking about it uh, with possible closures and what was going on. So for those that uh, haven't heard, the Coastal Commission voted to a three-year phase-out of OHV use on the dunes. It also included closing one of the entrance ramps and severely limiting beach camping access uh, to vehicles. So that would mean a full shutdown on OHV within the fir- or within three years, which was even faster than the five-year proposal. Um, Friends of Oceano Dunes is one of the big organizations down there that has spearheaded the lawsuits going on to try to stop that. Um, and was, I just saw an article that SEMA got behind them and has joined in with the courtroom fight. So for anyone who can or is interested, check it out, even for those not in the area. Remember, as OHV lands go, other groups that want to shut it down hear about the tactics and start moving on to their own area. So even if you're not in California or you haven't been there, um, or just a place you want to visit someday and drive your car out on the dunes, it's pretty awesome. Um, and it's the only beach left for OHV use in California. Check out Friends of Oceano Dunes, contribute if you can, and uh, hopefully we'll see a turnaround on it. So thank you guys, and more car-related stuff calling from my uh, 70 Mach 1. It's not a truck, but I thought you, you guys would appreciate it. So have a good night. I hope you're booing the closure of Oceano Dunes and not his Mach 1. Of course I'm All right, booing the closing. Well, the Mach 1's rad. You're like on sugar crack tonight, so I, I don't know, know what I, you're doing I, I over know, the board. No, the Oceano Dunes, Pismo, as yep. people know it around here, yep. is, uh, it's been popular since I was a, a child. And yeah. there should the last and, place you can drive on the ocean in California. Uh, yeah, and not for long. And not for long. Well, SEMA did get behind, uh, Friends of Oceano Dunes, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, but there's a big lawsuit going on, so the fight's not over. But uh, as Peter mentioned, um, it's it. If we lose this one, I'm telling you guys, you may not care about California. It may be all about California pompousness to you, and we we joke about it. But that cancer is spreading east, and if they get winds out here on how to close down public lands and public access. Uh, it's a blueprint for the rest of the country. So if you uh, if you care about that stuff, get involved. Uh, Oceanodunes.org for the Friends of Oceano Dunes is probably the best place to start. Great organization, and a lot of us here in California who uh, who love OHV use, um, you know, we we back it, and uh, we hope that this isn't the beginning of the end for our recreation. And for those of you who follow the Oceano Dunes story, um, yeah, we've we've had more and more land cut back and these people that want to close the land don't realize that when you put everybody in a smaller and smaller area the environmental impact is even worse than if everybody's spread out and uh, it's all about responsible wheeling and it's all about uh, recreation and being able to use those public lands so uh, back us up if you can oceanodunes.org Lightning Holman this is Bryant with Equality Motorsports from Texas I delivered that doctrine that you like so much uh, Lightning, I wanted to give you all an update on that. Put a race legal cage in it, delivered it to its new owner. Looking forward to seeing it race here in Texas. Currently, I'm sitting in San Felipe Baja on day two of the Nora Mexican 1000 where we're doing uh, sweep and recovery duties in my Ram 3500 case truck. And I'm here with uh, Humberto Ortiz of Vulcan Specialties, also out of Texas, who is covering this event from... Uh, a, a newbie's point of view, so to speak, for a couple publications and some podcasts of his own. Uh, we're, we're really excited to be building content for this, and we wanted to give you all a call and give you a little update. I'll let Humberto say hello and uh, tell, tell you guys a little bit about what he's doing, and uh, we'll keep you updated as we keep going down uh, and around the peninsula a little bit. 
Hi, hey guys. My name is Umberto Ortiz. Um, I have a custom automotive shop there in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Vulcan Specialties on IG at Vulcan Specialties on IG at Vulcan Specialties. All written out the correct way. Um, yeah, just excited to be on this trip. I'm actually a huge fan of all motorsports. Uh, tried along with Brian on this and was able to grab a couple of media outlets to allow me to cover this for them. So we're talking about street trucks and uh, truck talk media. There's a bunch of uh, podcasts like C-Tens and Hot Tests, 100, Bronco Talk, D-100. So trying to cover it from a new eyes perspective and just loving it so far, digging the whole camaraderie and the engineering and everything about it. We just wanted to give you all a little update. We'll call in again and give you some more updates as we can. And hopefully your listeners will find uh, some of this entertaining as we're out here doing what we do, uh, doing sweeping recovery down in Baja. Uh, you guys be good, and we'll catch you later on. So that was uh, that happened just a couple of days before those guys ended up at my house. Uh, really? Yeah. Brian, Brian and Albert rolled through and picked up. Uh, I went on, uh, as some of you will recall, who follow us at Truck Show Podcast on the gram. I posted a, a, a photo of my custom vinyl tire covers that I had made for the Rock Crusher, my dually. And I came across them in my garage. I'm like, I need to get rid of these. And I was, I was thinking, I could sell these to who knows. I would eventually I would sell them. But I go, yeah, it'd be more fun to give them away. So I posted it on the gram, and uh, Brian at Tequache Motorsports said, I'm going to be out in Southern California in a couple weeks. Can I have them? I said, yeah. <laughs> and then two minutes later, another guy says, I live right behind you, Lightning. Can I have them? I'll walk over. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're gone. Sorry, buddy. It's like, you got to be kidding me. That's funny. So uh, Brian and Albert came right after uh, racing. They were hanging out like two streets over from you in Huntington Beach, by yeah, the way. Yeah, which is cool. Thanks for calling me uh, and letting me know that our listeners were in town. Yeah. So they came over and they grabbed him and we we hung out for a little while and wrapped. And uh, his Ram, he's got a lifted Ram, a 3500 dually that is badass. Chase truck, really well put together. So uh, yeah, hung out with those dudes. Super cool. And uh, Albert is doing, I can't remember what the podcast is called. But it's uh, it's don't one care. Of, They're all dead to me. It's it's one of those over at hanging uh, out in HB and didn't even give me uh, give me a call. Yeah, they were over there. They all were right. there. So you they're they're on our friends uh, Ronnie's Truck Talk Media. Dead to me, just yeah. like uh, just like lightning. You think uh, you think when Motor Trend fires us, we're going to end up on uh, Truck Talk Media? Yes. Truck Talk Media. That's how you ever yeah, hear the we're, jingle. We're going to start our own media company. It's yeah. going to be called uh, Two Fat Guys and Microphones, who <laughs> talk about stuff. Two Fat Guys and a Microphone and Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we got those calls out of the way, I think it's time for some email. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. Who's going first? Hit it, Lightning. All right, want me to do it? All right. I will grab this one over here. I'm. Uh, hold on. I just want to stand up. I got to stretch. I've been sitting down way too long. All right. New listener subject line from Josh Mintz. Absolutely loved the Callaway episode. Just started listening to one where you guys talk about the assault on big trucks. Well, my wife went from a Jeep Cherokee to now a Ram Rebel. Good, good call right there. Yeah. Um, it was easier to get kids in and out and, quite frankly, safer if she weren't in an accident. Uh, love the podcast. 
going to search to see if you guys have done any diesel ones recently. Thanks, Josh. And yes, we have. <laughs> Alright, so here's what you do. If you want to go find some diesel content on the good old Truck Show podcast, you can search. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can... Uh, where's the search feature, Holman? Uh, if you go to the Apple Podcast app in the upper left-hand corner, you can type in... Uh, there's a search box, and uh, we just tested it by typing in Diesel Truck Show, and a whole bunch of uh, our stuff came up, along with uh, a few other ones. Yeah, I mean, you're going to find the ones with uh, a couple of Gail Banks episodes. You're going to find, like, the Corey Willis talking about diesel. There's there's a ton of diesel content in there because we're both fans. So uh, have at it. All right, got one here uh, from Victor L. Rodriguez who says, uh, Burgers and Trains. I hate to inform Lightning, but the train museum that he once uh, mentioned on the podcast has already closed and the items were supposed to be auctioned off last year sometime. As for burgers, you guys may want to try a place called Smash Burger and their Smash Fries are my favorite Smash Tots. But I don't know if it's an East Coast thing, and I don't know if your West Coast pompousness will allow you to come this far. Anyway, keep up the great work, and remember, everything matters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. And five stars. Five star review! Five stars! And that's from uh, Victor Rodriguez. Yes, of course I've had Smashburger. Uh, you can get it in the Salt Lake City Airport, as well as in Denver, Colorado. So they, uh, they are uh, not all the way on the East Coast. Here's what's weird, and you don't know this. I've had it. In those two places, also, as well. yeah, yeah, um, it's, they're okay. I mean, they're not in and out. They're not even Culver's. Uh, it's a decent, uh, high end fast food burger. Yeah, it's I would say solid. And sure. their their chicken with the avocado and the bacon is pretty good. Um, and they use, I believe, it's like a uh, Parmesan garlic oil or something like that on their fries or something. It's, it's freaky it's, that you remember this. I, I, it's been a while. And in fact, I was thinking about Smash Burger. As I went through the new Salt Lake City Airport, and the new terminal does not have Smashburger, it has Shake Shack. And most- Shake Shack crushes Smashburger. It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, but the line also crushes as well. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, in the new terminal at SLC, while it is beautiful and big, um, because of COVID, only like 30% of the restaurants are open. So, everywhere has a giant line, and so it pretty much sucks. New used three-row SUV subject line from John. Well, Holman and Lightning. Oh, that's, dude, yeah. you're hurting me. Yeah, hold on. You're kidding. You know, no, hold on. Lightning and Holman. Hey, so I heard you guys read my email on the show back in January. Ended up buying a 2019 Expedition with the HD tow package. Looking forward to driving in the next couple of weeks. I'm in Belgium. Wow. And the vehicle is in West Virginia and supposed to be shipped to Utah for us to use there. Wait, what? What? <laughs> he's still in. He's in Belgium, so he still hasn't uh, driven it yet. Apparently not. What? What are you doing in Belgium, buddy? Hey, so really, this email is all about your shipping address. Per my previous email, I have some swag from my unit. Ah, ah military. Oh, yes, sir. It comes together now. Uh, I've been planning to mail it to you for quite some time. So if you shoot me an address, I'll send it your way prior to me leaving here in two weeks. Wow, so I don't know what so it is. So what's the but, date on uh, that? Yeah, that, uh, that is uh, May 5, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, perfect, because I sent him our address today. I sent him our address. No, that's not true. I sent him my address. <laughs> I sent him the Motor Trend address. I, I was going to send him that address, but it's the place boarded up. No, we have people here. You do? Yeah, security's here all the time. They take care of all the packages. Oh, well, he's got my address. I mean, look. All right, well, he's coming to your I, house to you, uh, off your family. If it, No, I sent it to work address. <laughs> I mean, but look, if... Well, then if you're... If, all right, well, then... This, we have a shipping clerk. That's why I by, that. by the way, I am going to task you now... With returning the favor, and when you have his return address, mm -hmm. you will send him a Truck Show Podcast t-shirt. Happy to. Yeah, happy to. But you have to. 
I re- I'm happy to. I know you're happy to, but you have to. I will. There's difference between happy to and follow through. <laughs> They're two completely different things. I see. All right, I got this one here from uh, Nick Lon, and uh, the title is Johnny Lieberman. Uh-oh. This isn't going to go well. <laughs> it says, uh, hey, it's Nick again from Dirty Jersey. Work's been busy, so I haven't been catching up. There's no way a guy from Dirty Jersey loves Johnny Pompous (laughs) Lieberman. Well, let's see what he says. Work has been busy, so I haven't been catching up as quickly lately. I usually listen while driving a 2011 Kenworth straight truck. It's a pack car with an automatic. I've got plenty of time to listen while driving. Don't dig him for the automatic in a semi-truck. No, but it's a a Kenworth. That's what I'm digging. All right. uh, But then buzz him for the automatic. Okay. Sorry, Nick. Says, I have plenty of time to listen while driving because the truck is incredibly underpowered. Anyway, I'm up to episode 160. Oh, he has a ways to go. And heard a bunch of listeners distaste for Johnny Lieberman. I didn't recall anything that warranted the hate mail, so I went back and listened to the episode again. I thought he was a great guest, as was Chopper from Decked. I don't know. Maybe I'm not hearing it, but I thought everything was fine, except you missed an S-bomb at 4739. Oh, really? Lightning. Wow. Capital L this time. You really pegged the suckage meter on that one, and that comes from Nick Lon. Guys, I seen the suckage meter. So. You've pinned the needle on this episode. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 definitely on me. Lightning. What is wrong with you? I apparently let S bombs go through. I'm going to highlight this email, and I'm handing it to you so you can update the file so that we don't get kicked off of uh, wherever it is that we need uh, to. Go. Uh, well, yeah, because what happens is is that uh, if you're not clean, then they have to put a uh, uh, explicit, explicit logo yeah. on your pod, and, and then uh, there's we're not many, we're not cool with that. Yeah, many countries and other places, and we try not to s bomb in front of your kids. So, learning to drive a manual subject line from uh, Ryan. Hey, lightning and Holman. I flipped it. I flipped it around because he said Holman and lightning, and I'm not cool uh, with see, that. See, everybody knows how it should be. I know it's love poking fun at the fat guy. So to start. The show is great. It makes my Monday better as I'm driving around uh, for a local auto parts store here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So, Holman, thanks for giving me the tips on driving stick. I bought a 2003 Dodge Ram 2500 5.9 diesel. I took the risk of buying a manual truck without knowing how to drive it. Well, it's been six months and I absolutely love it. I have included a picture of my uh, truck from today. Yes, that's today. A very nice April 18th. Wow, that's a little while ago, but uh, ugh. Anyway, it must be snowing. So, oh, yeah, it's covered in snow. Anyway, keep on mannering those parameters. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. And five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Thank you, Ryan. All right, one last one here from uh, Dakota Black says, uh, Diesel Jeep. He says, uh, hey, Lightning and Holman. He did write it the right way, and I read it the right way. Long-time listener of the show from Bellingham, Washington, and a big fan. You guys get me through the long days of wrenching on trucks and cars at my family's auto shop. Thought you guys would appreciate this with Holman's deep appreciation for Jeep. I recently inherited this 1986 CJ-10A military airport tug powered by a Nissan SD33 straight-six diesel. My grandfather built it for his ranch in the San Juan... Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Uh Read that again. Yes. Slower. CJ-10A military airport tug powered by a Nissan SD33 straight-six diesel. Wow. That's cool. Which is super cool. Uh, My grandfather built it for his ranch in the San Juan Islands, and it was his main farm truck for many years. And given my fascination of the old-school diesels, he passed it on to me. Been uh, daily driving it for the past week, and it's a blast. Anyway, five stars, and keep up the good work. That's uh, Dakota Black from Unlimited Service. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a, uh, a CJ-10. Um, there was a couple of SEMA builds of these guys, but it's the high hood with the square headlights. 
They're about as ugly a vehicle, but they're also super, super cool. Let me see. No, that's not ugly. That's super cool. No, it's 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 cool. Now ugly. the bumper is what's ugly. That no, 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 bumper the bumper is, is the raddest part about it. No, that Hides bumper's, the grill. Oh, the bumper's ridiculous. No, because you can push the bumper through anything, like the side of your pole barn, or through a fence, or uh, a small gathering of uh, pigeons. No, I get it. I, I'd pull the bumper off. That's just me. I think that grill is great. It's ridiculously tall. I love it. I would da- I'd daily that. I daily that. All right, I, I got to spend another dollar and find you a new truck to daily. Mm-hmm. That way you can have 12 truck projects going on at once. And on that note, hey, let's end the show. Yeah. It's truck Show Podcast. <laughs> the Truck Show, the Truck Show, the Truck Show. Oh, oh. Hit us up on social at LBC Lightning. Of course, I'm Sean P. Holman, and we are Truck Show Podcast. And if you want to uh, hit us up on the five-star hotline, 657-6105. Oh, What's that number again? No, I didn't forget the number. I flubbed the intro. Oh, you did. 657 No, let's try it again. I think the whole thing, let's just try it again. Like, we just, let's just abort and we'll try it again. They never heard any of it. We're just rolling right through. We're all smooth. We're professional broadcasters. Hey, guys, thanks for emailing us. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. You guys are great. And if you want to leave us a message, five-star hotline. 657-205-6105 Anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day Call us or leave us a message I'm about to hit the post The Truck Show The Truck Show The Truck Show oh, oh. By the way, that was the uh, cleanest read he's done In the last six hours of sitting in this closet <laughs> This padded, soundproofed closet You know why? Because the uh, the donuts have finally just, just I've, they're through my system. Uh, they're not through your system. No, they aren't. They have not met their maker yet. I'm still kind of getting the cold sweats. That powdered donut from Randy's was wicked. What was all the uh, raspberry jam on top of it? I about? don't... You know what I think that is? I think my gum... <laughs> you want the truth? I think no. I think my gums are bleeding. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well... That sugar, like, ate right through my gums. You have two mouths right now. <laughs> Turn your head. That's another uh, one over there. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bad dietary <laughs> choice for you. Well, there's more. There's uh, four more donuts left in that box. Are uh, we doing it? Well, you get, no, you got to save those for your kids in the morning. No, no, no. I have a full dozen in the car. All of these were for us? That box right there, that random. Now you tell me. Those are for you. No, I've been, I've been saving those for your kids. I didn't know that. No, you're mental. Grab them. Grab the box. Uh, I need to see what's left in there. Yeah, grab the box. Yeah, see, I got us a half dozen, and then I got the family a dozen. Hmm. All right. What's left in there? Uh, A maple cruller, a white ice cruller, something that's got some sort of jam in it, I'm sure. Which one? looks like a pillow. The giant pillow with frosting and powdered Have sugar. Have you ever seen so much powdered sugar no. on a donut ever? No, I've seen. I don't French know toast how they. Less how do they sugar. adhere the the powdered sugar? And then to the it. s'mores one. The s'mores one's the one that looks like it would hurt your teeth. Oh, let me see. Oh yeah. So that the the s'mores. I'm gonna have one of the uh, marshmallows. marshmallows off now the nobody. Top. Now nobody. Just eat that one then. Nobody oh. wants to hear you eating on. on That's the good. Air. That's really good. All right, well, thankfully, uh, our friends over at Nissan make a truck that have uh, 11,040 pounds of towing capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because it's going to need it to tow us home. <laughs> and zero gravity seats, because as I get wider, they get more comfortable. I don't know if that's how they're supposed to work, but I'm, I'm glad they do. Uh-huh. Uh, best-in-class standard horsepower, best-in-class standard torque, most standard safety technology in its class, largest standard screens class, and America's best truck warranty. Five-year, 100,000 miles. I love that part. So if you want to see the uh, Titan in its element, check out some photos, see it towing, see it doing cool truck stuff, head over to NissanUSA.com. Or just walk into your local Nissan dealer. And that brings us to uh, Duralast. Duralastparts.com is the leading brand in the automotive aftermarket, known for its OE quality, OE-grade construction, and prices that are lower than OE. Duralastparts.com are trusted by hundreds of thousands of professionals and installed on millions of vehicles on the road today. 83% 83% of professional installers rank Duralast as high-quality parts brand, and more technicians choose Duralast parts. That's a pretty cool endorsement. That's a uh, proven claim. Duralastparts.com. Or or head on down to your local AutoZone where you can find over 750 electronic part types and 100,000-plus SKUs. Parts are being added every month as new vehicles come to market. All right, so uh, when we started the show, I teased you with uh, the uh, the Borla sounds from a brand new Jeep uh, Gladiator, and that was with their climber system, which is the high clearance system for rock climbing and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to play for you a different Borla note, and this is the dual side exit on the uh, the driver's side. This is the S type, so this is their middle uh, volume level, and uh, I think it sounds pretty good also. So so head over to Borla.com to see if they have the application for your vehicle and uh, to hear it, but Let's listen to this Gladiator one more time. Have they made it sound like a European sports car? Like seriously, am I wrong? Doesn't that sound like a European sports car? Sounds freaking awesome. I, yeah. It makes me want to call David up and see if uh, he wants to make a supercharger flow a little bit better on a certain 3.6. Yeah. I am aware yeah, Yours sounds a little weenie. It well, does. I mean, it's just stock. I wonder, I wonder what Uncork in the Back would sound like with one of his climber systems. That's what she said. Uh, no, I think that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, it so is. Head over to uh, Borla.com, and again, you can check out all the uh, different applications. And uh, Borla is pretty awesome on their website about having a, a ton of uh, audio clips and videos linked to the different applications so you can hear what it sounds like on your vehicle. Again, Borla, made in the USA out of T304 stainless steel, no drone guarantee, and has a million-mile warranty. Thanks, Borla. Oh, hey, and uh, here's some bonus audio. This is Holman going for a ride in a Bronco in Moab, Utah. With great audio. Yeah, well, it was worse. This is about as good as I can get it. All right, everybody, uh, this is Holman. I'm inside a uh, brand new 2021, I guess, Ford Bronco. We're in a two-door, and you're never gonna believe, and lighting, no, this is not planned. I Ford called me, and they said, hey, do you wanna go for a ride in the Bronco in Moab? Of course, I said yes. I was asked to, uh, to get in this particular vehicle, and found out uh, my driver, and again, this isn't planned, but uh, driver, can you state your name? Uh, this is Shelby Hall. Yes, another Hall. So just before everybody jumps on me and says that this was planned, this was not planned, yet again, I've shown up at an event and somebody from the Hall family is, uh, is my driver. So this is super awesome. And then uh, I'm also with a gentleman who placed an order for a Bronco and he's having his first ride as well. So. Uh, Doug, what's your last name? Schmidt. 
Doug Schmidt. And so, Doug, you're from Salt Lake City. You came out here from Moab because you heard the Bronco drives were going on. And uh, Shelby is just taking us in this awesome little loop where we've gone fast. We're driving down dirt road right now, but you've seen uh, what she calls donut mode, the tight turns. We've done um, trail control, the different modes, um, shown you the sway bar. What are your thoughts? I know you kind of bought it or ordered it sight unseen. What are you thinking? Well, that's always a gamble, I think, to try to, to order something when you haven't even been able to see it or drive it. Even just the colors, when you spend that much on something, is is, uh, is a big deal when you start realizing how much cash you're going to drop on something like this. And uh, now getting a chance to ride this one, it's the first edition. That's pretty much the only difference between the one I ordered. I got Area 51, Sasquatch. I got it with uh, um, Badlands. So it is. This is the this is the one I'm I'm getting. Hopefully this year. All right, so I, you've got to be pretty excited. I, I was looking at you in the mirror from the back seat. And by the way, plenty of room in the two-door back seat for me. And I was laughing because every time I saw you in the mirror, you had this giant grin on your face. And I, I, I don't want to insult you by saying you were giggling like a schoolgirl, but I don't know how else to describe it. Well, I posted a little picture to my brothers before I got on here, and it was that one of Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec where he's doing that giggle. <laughs> so that, that pretty much describes it. So maybe just walk us through your experience from the time you got into this particular Bronco. Found out uh, Shelby Hall was your driver and that you knew you were going to have a great time. Now you've experienced the vehicle. What are you thinking right now? Uh, well, it was I'd always wanted one of these. And once I started hearing rumors that they were coming, I started just following it just like a lot of us. And now once they released it last year, it was just everything I was wanting. So now it's just a matter of... Uh, waiting until it's mine and uh, I'm really excited just having the chance to, to ride in it is uh, perfect it just feels the deal to me what's your uh, favorite feature um, of the Bronco of the one that you ordered and then maybe what's something you learned today that you weren't expecting that you're pretty jazzed on now well I I think it's going to take care of everything because I've, I want to be able to go off-road get up and over anything I want to and I think the and I knew it was going to give me that, but the, I think the new thing for today was when we were just kind of bahang it through the sand dunes, stuff where I take my work truck uh, and I avoid those areas because I don't want to get stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And we just went in, everywhere and anywhere, and it was awesome. So, uh, by the way, Doug, this is where I usually interrupt uh, our guests and tell a Rod <laughs> Hall or Josh Hall story. But now we're making a new Shelby Hall story, so I just uh, I'm going to forego that at this point in the podcast. And uh, I know Lightning's probably uh, rolling his eyes right now. But, uh, okay, so what's the thing about today that you were super surprised at that you went, oh, that's cool, I didn't even know that existed? Uh, that's a good question. I, I've been following it pretty close, so most of it is what I, what I was expecting, but it's, it's, even though it's a two-door, it's, it's roomier in here than I thought. And, uh, Likewise, and, and from the, the back seat, by the way. From the back seat, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the area the, in the trunk space, the cargo area is bigger than I was expecting, you know, so it's pretty much perfect for me, what I've been wanting. I'm pretty impressed with these uh, Bill Stein's shocks with the uh, ESCVs. You can definitely tell at the limit of the suspension travel how controlled it is. And it's really well balanced front to rear. I don't know if you picked up on that kind of stuff, but it just feels really well planted off-road. I loved it. It was perfect. So, Shelby, uh, you've been driving these literally all week, giving people rides, like 24-7 or something really ridiculous like that. You've probably put yeah, 500 loop miles on this thing. Um, what do you think from uh, from being able to, to give people rides and, and from the from the driver's seat? 
I, this is the first time that I have driven the two-door, and I will say I was a little apprehensive. You know, a shorter wheelbase is usually much bouncier than having the longer wheelbase of the four-door. Um, but out here, it has been incredible. Um, I've had four people in the vehicle at once, and I honestly think it even grows better. Uh, the terrain out here, we're on some... Uh, you know, kind of gravel access roads leading into sandy washes. We've got some hill climbs where we go into rock crawl. And my favorite part are the dunes. And the two-door just whips it in the dunes. It feels so stable. It is fun to drive. I love sandboats. Um, it's just, it's it's been really fun. And now I am even more torn if I want a two-door <laughs> or a four-door. So I guess I'm going to need one of each. Yeah, I like that. Now you're going to be racing this, right? Well, that's a very valid question. Um, I I wish I had an answer for you. All right, so stay tuned uh, for if. And wait, hold on. If you do, am I going to be your co-driver? Um, well, I've heard good things, so <laughs> you're definitely on the list. All right, I'll take that off being on the list. Uh, what's your favorite? I, out of all the features and things you've gotten to play with on it, what is uh, what's your favorite? Oh, absolutely donut mode. And if you don't know what donut mode is, then you need to come and take a ride with me. <laughs> all right. Uh, you've had all sorts of people in. I'm guessing some of them have placed orders. Some of them might be on the fence. What are some memorable reactions from some of the passengers that you've given rides to? Because this, you were actually doing some pretty crazy stuff that the average person has probably never experienced. So I would imagine you're scaring lots of them. <laughs> um, okay, well, I will say out of my peripheral vision, I may have once or twice seen my passenger reaching for something to grab onto um, because I think, yes, I may be pushing it a little bit harder than they intend to. But the coolest thing is these trucks that we're driving are totally production. It's what you will get off the showroom floor. Uh, the only thing that we've done is we have lowered the tire pressure for a little softer ride in the dirt. But other than that, I mean, I'm pushing this thing, having fun. And everyone, I mean, multiple people have said to me how cool it is to see, you know, I'm driving it way harder than they ever will but how awesome it is to know that the truck is capable of doing that. And then we jump on the highway and it's quiet and smooth and comfortable. Yeah, it's very a uh, dual purpose in that way. I think uh, anybody out there who is either on the fence about the Bronco or who has ordered one, um, ultimately the customers are going to be really excited with, with the product that came out. And Doug, I'm hoping that you... Uh, you get yours and you, you have the same excitement you do today because I've, I've actually from the backseat really enjoyed seeing your reactions and you know you've been filming everything and really taking it all in and it's, it's fun to see that um, from somebody who is right on the edge of getting theirs. Well I don't know if it's like a fate thing or a luck thing but just getting a ride in pretty much the exact one that, I'm, that I've ordered and, and for you to ride with someone that you have, uh, that have that, that, uh, relationship with pretty awesome so great day. All right, well, uh, there it is. That's the uh, the 2021 Ford Bronco, and uh, glad we got a chance to take you guys along. And uh, Lightning, wish you were here, but not really. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. 
This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 